Yo, 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 it's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. This is episode 80. Glad you're here with us. Rest in peace to Tupac Shakur, legend. Um, yeah, we talk about marijuana laws in Pennsylvania. We talk about the end of the world, 2020. What else do we get into? The controversial movie on Netflix called Cuties. Is it peddling pedophilia? Or is it sending a wholesome message of over-sexualization in young youth's lives in 21st century? We talk about that. We also talk about 9-11. How do we still feel about it 19 years later? Um, So we dig into a couple of those topics. We talk about Trump gaining $1.9 billion in revenue since he's been in office. Like, share, subscribe. Thank you. Blessings. Upgrade America. Now we talking politics. It's realer than ever. Can't run better when it is 2020. Who called the shots? Run it right. Give them all you got. Send them prayers up. Know the Lord got you. Light us up. Cause so, sup, Earthlings, and all of our beloved upgraders and aliens as well. The world is yours. Go get a piece of it. We're talking about marijuana laws and a whole gang of hot topics bubbling around planet Earth like lava. 2020 has been a boss fight. Shout out to all my gamers. PS5 is looking so sexy. I just might cheat. Just kidding, man. Dropping early (laughs) November. Shout out to everyone still in the game. Keep your head up. Speaking of which, um, it is the anniversary of the death of Tupac Shakur. Rest in power, my brother. Such a powerful uh, advocate, you know, in the hip hop community, the political community as well. Had I known, we we, we would have gave him in a whole episode. But I'm Cameron, hurrah, 2020 presidential candidate, as well as host and executive producer of Dun 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 Upgrade America. There's always room for improvement. As my lady said, this is episode 80. Thanks for hanging in with us and, you know, like and subscribe if you like the vibe. Give it up to CJ the Day Slayer. Without his organizational research and management skills, we'd be up here shooting off the hip every Sunday like pium, pium, hit or miss. But behind the scenes, he's really helped driving the success of the show. Yo, I appreciate your efforts, bro. You really be holding it down with the board and, and your research skills and, and all that. But um, as a special guest, we have Travis Liverman, my bro and mechanical consultant. When I start building Metal Gear and other such projects, this is the man I want in charge. Um, he can fix anything and build anything as well. Thanks for coming on, Travis. How are you, no bro? No problem, man. Anytime, bro. But uh, real quick, we are having some, uh, I, there is some feedback. Let's see if we can, uh, it's coming from me. Yeah, I hear it from yeah. you. Man. Let me turn down on my end. How does it sound now? Good. I don't hear an echo now. Hey, both of y'all sound good. Okay, you sound good. I too. think I may have to grab my headphones. Okay, do what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. Um, stand by. <laughs> you got any jokes in the meantime? <laughs> Talking to the wrong one. I kind of shoot off the hip. <laughs> Our jokes may be inappropriate for the internet. Yeah. Um, 
don't know. We're in an interesting time. I can't say that. We definitely are in an interesting time. Sorry about that. Sorry. How you, how you think, Cam? What do you think? You're not echoing now for some reason. Yeah, because I got it at 50%, but I really can't hear you guys. Oh, okay. But um, it is best practice to use headphones during a podcast. Yeah, I know. I probably yeah, I be, you know, we be breaking all the rules over yeah. here. But as you mentioned, <laughs> we're talking about the pot marijuana laws and everything. Yo, Trav, um, you had a lot of information on this. Yeah. I'm over here uh, trying to rocket science how to connect your Bluetooth headphones. Can you uh, put us on game on some of your research and findings? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the medical marijuana laws, they're still... There's a lot that's got to be defined, man. Like, it really does. Um, like, it's the DUIs, for one. Um, technically, you're supposed to, after two hours you smoke, you're supposed to be able to drive. But if you go take a blood test, uh-huh. you could have smoked the day before, you know what I mean? And you take a blood test, you have THC in your system, you automatically got a DUI, which oh, wow. that's something they need to really, really work on. Um, they're trying to, I know California right now is working on an actual breathalyzer so they can actually, um, detect THC on your tongue. Wow. It's on your tongue and it shows within a three hour time period and you shouldn't be driving. Um, I mean, gun laws are crazy. Just everything is, Pennsylvania needs to do a lot more construction with the marijuana laws. They kind of jumped in and they're doing... Pennsylvania is heading the medical marijuana research right now. Um, Governor Wolf just dumped a ton of money into universities around here to do the medical marijuana research. Okay. Um, but it's still, we're, we're still battling the federal government. Um, the bill just got pushed through to take medical marijuana off a of Schedule One drug and Republicans voted it down last week. So they're gonna try it again. Um, it's ridiculous. It's recognized as medication, but you're still listing it as a Schedule One drug with cocaine. But it's recognized as a medication for over half the states now, and a good portion of those is legalizing for recreational, just like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is pushing for recreational by this fall. Oh, wow. Okay. But the guns, they just, the laws just need to be switched around. They, I'm very opinionated with it, man. Like you're not, I, I'm a gun fan. I'm a gun fan. I, I love my guns. As, you know, me and Cam discuss all the time. I love my guns, man. Um, but I have my medical marijuana card. So legally in the state of Pennsylvania, I'm not allowed to own a firearm. Of oh, wow. any kind. Rifles, and that, shotguns, that's pretty those. bizarre, you know, considering so you when, uh, you know, people can have opioids and stuff. And, Facts, like, you know, but you can't, uh, you can have all these Percocets, all these lure tabs, and have all the guns you want. But then, you know, when it comes to pot, like, why are they still demonizing it? I like right. the t-shirt, by the way. It's pretty dope. Hey, appreciate it. What is that? It says, oh, okay, I like that. The lesson. That's slick. <laughs> I just realized now we're competing with the NFL. Just throwing that out there. What do you mean? As far as the live, I just thought about it. NFL is back. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I so no game idea. start at 12, 1. So it's like prime time for between church and NFL now. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, we may have to 
consider that. But I mean, uh, it's yeah, all good. The show must go on. Absolutely. So I mean, what other um, high level um, bullet points you you got on there, man? We you you briefly discussed about the you know as far as the guns, uh-huh. like where do you think that should go? Because it seems Pennsylvania is heading more towards a. Um, Hold on, I lost you guys. Oh, I'm back. There we go. Okay, yeah, you back. Okay. Yo, Trav, you hear me? I think I lost you again. Oh, yeah? Oh, What's no. What's up, Lynn? You lost him? Yeah. He beamed out. Oh, wow. Well, Did you want me to go over to... Uh... Rundown real quick. Sure, sure. We can see what. Um... There we go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he's beamed in. All right. Cool. Cool. Bing. Um. Yeah. The. I'd like. I don't, I'm still trying to wrap my head around some things. Like you said, they were demonizing pot, but it's recognized as a medication. It's recognized that it cures the cancer. It helps anxiety and PTSD. Um. There's other medications also. But if you got your medical marijuana card, you're not allowed to own a gun. So you're choosing health over home protection. And Thanks. here's here's the thing. It's like now it's like if you're you're a law abiding citizen and you got your card, right? Yeah. You cannot you're, own a gun. You're forcing them to now to if they still want to seek home protection to go into the black market. Yeah. For their uh for, for such things and I you you want to avoid that at, at all costs and you're, you're throwing a significant hurdle you know in, in people's ways to you know to adhere to that second amendment yeah man, you're allowed to have percocets and you can be a heroin addict man you could be you know you could never been convicted of a felony and be a full-blown heroin addict and go buy a gun yeah, that's wild. But I smoke pot and I can't just go buy a gun. Mm. So, well, real I mean, some of that needs to be changed, man. It really does. I, I'm, I, I hate big pharma. I really do. I mean, there's no, there's no money in well people, man. There's really not. That's true. Well, Trav, real quick, I'm gonna just run over what we're gonna talk about in the episode. Okay. What? We'll jump into some stuff. We're going to talk about how you feel about 9-11, 19 years and running. Uh, Full disclosure, our episode last year got taken off from season one. True. For some unknown reason. We don't know (laughs) why. Um, That does not deter our defenders. Not not in the least. um, Cam and I have been talking about this. College moving all online. It looks like the University of Wisconsin-Madison has done that because of corona um we're gonna talk about a controversial show on netflix called cuties that is leaning on um talk about trump he didn't take rona seriously that and we got kind of like evidence of it um we'll talk about that billionaires net worth going up during rona the end of the world december 21st 2020 cam yes sir any way you can uh, disconnect from your surround sound? Just to do a quick sound check. How's that? Hold on. You good to me. I hear it just fine. There's that echo is coming back. I, I heard another sound check. Okay, go ahead. 
We good, we good, we good. Yeah, try one, try one on your end. You good. One, two, one, two. You good? One, one two, one, two. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, we sound like we good. Let's let's press. Well, uh, what else you said we have on the agenda? Uh, JP and Morgan and Chase gets Trump support. Uh, NYC using uh, use of skyscrapers after all. We've been talking about this for what two seasons now. Um, the Minority Port in real life. Anybody seen the science fiction movie? Yeah, minority Tom Cruise had it. Yeah, 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 it was a good movie. Yeah. We'll dig into that. Ice Cube actually contract for Black America might be actually reaching the Democrats. Let's see how this goes. Very interesting. That's what's up. Uh, another documentary that was very fascinating we'll talk about about social media, how it's affected our lives, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it was very fascinating. I watched that. And then we wanted to talk about types of government if we get around to it. Um, just read off types of government that go on in the U.S. that people don't realize since we're such a, a democracy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you realize you'll, you'll learn some stuff today based on that. I look at it differently. My family, my whole, my whole family, I, I look at it differently. I don't, I don't believe in us having a democracy. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's very clear. <laughs> we have a dictatorship. Uh, not yet. Yeah, we're getting, we're we're getting allowed, to that point we're just where it's coming a dictatorship. To be told what to do by. Say again. I said we're just allowed to vote for who we want to be told what to do by. But when you really examine the electoral college. Are we even really voting? Yeah. Good question. Uh, again, it's like I know, um, you know, I'm doing the whole independent presidential candidate thing, but when you look at how I don't even think a write in candidate can win with the mechanics of the electoral college, mm, yeah. more or less, it's like you're voting just to select your electoral college candidate, right? Like, they're like, okay, like. New York voted like I, I don't know like it, it doesn't seem like like, it, like last year well look when when the last election Hillary won the election but Trump won the vote so he got president you know what I mean mm-hmm. again so, it doesn't seem like it's really I I, I don't know how, how to, bring study oh we lost CJ oh. okay he's back I lost that both of y'all are back. I lost both of y'all for a minute. Okay. Okay. But I want to so, ask you guys' opinion on what, how do you feel about the write-in votes this year, man? Vote by mail. I think a lot of dead people are gonna come back to life this year. Yo, bro, I can totally see that happening. There's mad room for fraud, but be real with the paper ballots. There's room for fraud there. I've been preaching it since Upgrade America Policy for the Future available on Amazon Kindle. Yeah. Like, back in 2018 that we need online voting i think that's the most secure way to do it we probably wouldn't be able to do it this quick for this election but moving forward you gotta have online voting like we see the scenario why we need it now right happen but to answer your question travis i'm concerned it's just a matter of who is going to cheat harder the democrats or the republicans because yeah. you're very naive and, and, and foolish if you don't think any side, both sides aren't going to cheat. I mean, come on, they did a census. They they come around and did a, I think, I've been in PA, what, 15 years now? Uh-huh. Something yeah. like that? 
or maybe a little longer, and this is the first year I've ever seen them come around and do a census. Why? That's weird because last year uh, I grew up. My mom used to do it as a part-time hustle, doing the yeah. Census. They used to do it all the time, and um, I it think this two year. weeks ago was the first time I've seen somebody actually come to my house and do a census. Yeah, that's why. Fifteen years. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on it. I've already voted locally in person. Everything was socially distanced. Um, everything was sanitized. It was quick, clean, no problems. Now for the presidential, I'm doing a write-in. I'm doing a, uh, not write-in, but uh, well, write-in too, but I'm voting by mail. So I'm curious to see how these play out. Um, so I, I, I guess I'll know. Hopefully I get my, um, ballot whatever before I leave for work reasons so depending on when that happens this is an interesting election on so many levels we have no idea like this is going to set a precedent for a lot of things I believe set a precedent yeah. or radically change yeah. the world it could very well Cam be the last about, uh, very well be the last election you know? yesterday right we're talking about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, Nostradamus and oh, the Antichrist, the Antichrist. Like we're waiting for the third Antichrist now, um, and he's supposed to be really good with words. I mean, you never know. Now, um, and also uh, bringing peace to the Middle East. Now mm -hmm. that has been um, the Trump administration has brokered a, a deal between what two? It was I can't recall the, the Israel and another country. Maybe it was Yemen. Uh, no, not Yemen. Yeah, What's yeah, the... I'm pulling that out of my ass, man. I'm I'm gonna Google search that right now. Okay. Peace deal. I was trying to think because I know what you're talking about. Um. Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Oh, UAE. Yeah, really. That makes sense money-wise. Okay, yeah, sense. and so they're—that's what they're nominating uh, Trump for Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, that's oh. <laughs> that's why he's getting nominated. Yeah, it's a nomination. Because he got nah, because he broke the piece of paper for the. I mean, Cam, you were over there. You did more work than he did when it comes to making peace to the Middle East. I don't know about making things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, trust but me. Yeah, I get what Tram, Tram, we got some facts and figures that'll blow your mind, like what we really did. Um, oh, I, oh um, we've had conversations. Um, yeah. But um, there's a meme that I shared for regarding 9-11, and it was saying, you know, rest in peace to the people who lost, to like, let's say 2,700 people who lost their lives during 9-11. But below it, it listed the countless uh, people who lost their lives in the, the other military conflicts that were spawned since 9-11, you know, in support of 9-11 in this endless war on global war on terrorism, which, yes, me and CJ have played our part in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys. I mean, we might as well dive all mine, man. Cool. We might as well dive into it since we're on it. Um, I got some facts and figures real quick on 9-11. Um, all right, real quick. 37 million people were displaced in eight countries since 2001. The US led 
war on terrorism. All right. Hold on. You said 37 million people were displaced. What do you yeah. mean by displaced? Like they lost their homes? Yeah, refugees, displaced, all that stuff. Wow. That's like... Is that only foreign or domestic too? That's foreign. That's okay. basically yeah, everywhere that's we're like, operating. This is like uh, that's the size of California. It's like everyone Absolutely. in Cali. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, pretty much we've killed over the amount of the time between, uh, I think it was five countries, 800,000 people died in combat, actual combat. That's like civilians, combatants, all that. Mm -hmm. Over the whole period of the time, we spent $6.4 trillion. Say that one more time. $6.4 trillion. Oh, we have a coin shortage. T, wow, that's a lot of money. That's man. a lot of money. Yeah, since 2001, also. Of course, big business. Yeah, um, 24 countries were involved in the involvement um, of the US led war on terrorism. Even with the displacement numbers, they said it could be actually up to 59 million people. They Wouldn't just didn't be surprised. Huh? I would not be surprised. Yeah. And then well, uh, basically. I didn't know the numbers were that high. Say again? I didn't know the numbers were that high. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I get it. And then maybe it's, I never wanted to really think about it, mm -hmm. like in perspective. But when you really think about it, it all the military campaigns we raised endless military campaigns we raised since 2001 you'll see it was like 20 years of, of uh it's nearly 20 years of, of warfare next year be 20 years yeah. on top of that ah. the amount of people that have died um i think died and displaced well i say displaced more so is i think more than world war ii oh yeah wow um let's see also, at the height of this, and me and Ken go back and forth on this, the height of the um, war on terrorism, 2,000 bases worldwide the U.S. had. Is that on paper? Is that not counting the secret bases, huh? No, they had bases stashed. Yeah. 2,000 bases. I think we're down to like 800 now, something like that, but 2,000 bases. Down. That is, that's a lot. I mean, but you know, pretty much, Cam, those are like set up shop, break it down kind of shit. Not like hardcore base. Like an actual base. So you were saying they were counting fobs, those little pop-up yeah. bases? Really? Really? Well, those yeah, are just like where I was um, deployed to, that shit doesn't exist anymore. Okay. So, yeah. Um, let's see, Trump just... During, I think last year he sold eight billion dollars in weapons to Saudi Arabia and UAE last eight year. Billion? Huh? Eight billion? Yes. Wow. Um also trying to change the laws around to sell drones to these people too, to barred countries, countries that are so called our enemies. Um that's gonna change that drone warfare is gonna change a lot. Yeah. I mean, well, when I was but, with the DOD, they were talking about it way back then. They were talking about using just strictly drones for warfare because it would eliminate the number of casualties. I agree. I'm all for it. But it, it almost seems like it would get to the point to whoever can spend the most on drones mm -hmm. would win. Right. And it, it would. Uh, and then I can only assume after it came down to, okay, we fought all with all of our drones, then it comes down to human beings 
fighting other machines. I don't know. But yeah, warfare. Like, it'll, 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 it'll go back over again. If the drones come in and they start fighting, I mean, it'll go back to be having regular infantry and foot soldiers and stuff again. It'll, it'll come full circle. It always will. Um, so basically, the United States itself has 800 military bases in over 80 countries. So this is something Cam and I talk about that we go back and forth on. And what is the term that they use for, um, they say, is it a string of pearls that they say that we have all these military bases that surround China? If you look at Korea, yeah, uh, bases in Japan, we have bases in Hawaii, we have bases in Guam. Uh, we used to have a, a base in the Philippines with the Navy, but they shut that down. But more or less, it's like they set up it so it's almost like you could hit China from every angle. Nah, not even just China, just all our enemies. We're surrounded. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, even if you look at NATO, we got bases in, in a lot of those countries. Like, we were right in Russia's back door. How do you think they... Huh? How do you think these other nations felt like that? Having all these guns aimed at at them from every angle, like I mean, you got to consider the economic part of it. That's probably why they would kind of turn a blind eye to it, or Sweet. just the devil you know is like, all right, look, we know they're here, but they're helping our economy. So to speak. Yeah, um, like war is a big business, man. It, it it funds the world. It does. It, we talked about this too on I think season one or before the U.S. since the Declaration of Independence has only been without war for 11 years. That's included. Yeah. Now wasn't um wasn't some of that 11 years during the 80s? I know there's some conflict called Grenada in the 80s, but like yeah, I remember for the most part, I thought we took a little we took a brief hiatus. Yeah, the war thing. Um, and then I think three million people overall have probably died out of collateral damage from all, from this conflict. Three million from collateral damage? That's far less than I anticipate. Yeah. When you really talk about so um you when you really think about drone strikes, here's the thing with drone strikes when they're talking about hitting these high level targets, mm-hmm. it sounds better on paper. To hit terrorists with drone strikes than to send in men with guns and daggers to kill them like that. They that looks bad on paper. So they'd rather do drone strikes. But drone strikes, they can sometimes they will have 12 people die from collateral damage just to hit one. But it's yeah. better yeah. on paper to, to hit hit uh, terrorists with drone strikes than the than the whack them with guns. Exactly. But that collateral damage, I, I'm three million. I mean, it still sucks. It's still bad, but it's it's less than I anticipated. And I and think that number, I, I would I would challenge that number. I want to know how they got these numbers. I was about to say, um, the I'll tell you where you can kind of look this up. It's called the Project Cost of War by Brown University. Okay. Okay. Um, you can go on that website and check it out. Pretty much, they're conservative numbers from as much as they can get because you know they're not going to report all these numbers. Well, because I was going to ask, like Cam, say when you went in through a, a, a country and y'all had a firefight, like, did you count how many people got blown up? Or did I mean, you do what can, you had to do to get out? Talk about, we can't talk about operational security, but I'll, t- I'll tell you like no, this. No, I'm talking about in general. After, in general. I'm like, telling you so, like this. Like, in general, after every conflict, you'll have a uh, an after-action report. It's very yeah. Okay. 
It's almost like an investigation because there's loss of life. Yeah, right. right. There's a very uh, detailed. So y'all do actually, y'all do actually count the casualties after y'all leave an area. Yeah, but here's the thing: uh, if what's determined by like what's fratricide? I'm not. I'm sorry, not fratricide. What's collateral damage? Who's combatants? Things of that nature. Right. Yeah. yeah. All the classifications can can be. Uh... All I'm saying is it would be very difficult to get these numbers accurate. Right. Uh, right. The oh yeah, national defense budget seven hundred forty billion dollars for the U.S. So hold on, seven hundred forty billion for twenty twenty. I think so. I think that's current. Yo, is it? Uh-huh. Are we climbing to the point where we're gonna be spending a trillion dollars on military on military Look, spending? And, and I'm, like, I'm just assuming this. Uh, we're not even talking about the black budget stuff. That's See, it. but the thing with the black budget is like they raise those funds by themselves. If they're selling cocaine and doing other things, you know, then they're raising that off the books. So, right. because that's more understanding how a lot of these uh, CIA operatives they they work. There's all these rumors about CIA selling crack in, in LA and in Chicago and even forming some of these gangs. You yeah. know, yeah. You, to raise money the, on, on the black market, you know, to fight secret wars. Because fun see, fact for you, it's like the Iraq war costs twelve billion dollars a day. So yeah. a secret Here's war, me. these are dang cheap. Yeah. Twelve billion a day? Yeah. More or less. Wow. Cause you gotta think, yo, know, Chris, you was there in Korea when we had to shut down the exercise because they ran out of the Air Force or the base more or less. They misallocated some funds and they didn't have enough for the jet fuel. So I'm talking about, yo, okay. typically we're sucking gas masks for like a solid week. Man, it could be July, the middle of July. You're in the shit, man. Rubber gloves and your mask on. And it, and it, it's, it really sucks, man. But we're, they ran out of money because jet fuel is expensive. And that's just one, that's just one cost of war. Bullets, bombs. Right. Like the cost of laundry is a multi-million dollar contract in Iraq, man. There's yeah, a lot of money being great. uh being spent. Um, wow. Shout out to Dick Cheney, got a big chunk of that. <laughs> KBR. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, with the black ops sites, with the CIA funding their own black ops, it makes sense that um, I think a few years ago that the plane crashed in Florida was actually the. It crashed in the late 90s. It was actually released after so many years. You know, they released the paperwork of what it is. It was a C. Yeah, it was a CSI. It was a um, 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 plane that carried 100 kilos of coke. Mm. And it was the U.S. government plane that was bringing it in from South America to the United States. Wow. And it crashed in Florida. And it was a um, it was a CIA plane. The, the tail numbers came back. It was registered to the CIA. <laughs> thing is, um, like, why not get your own planes and stuff? It's like, why use a government plane? I mean, I guess it does cut costs. Do what you guys got to yeah. do. <laughs> That's less money they got to raise. So, yeah, question yeah, to look you. At it that way. I got, I got a question for you, fellas. The main What's question: how, how do you feel about 9/11 19 years later? How do you feel Skeptical. about it? Yo, Trav, take a swing at it, man. Skeptical. Okay. Why um, skeptical? Dude, because 
Dude, it really sucks that it happened to all the people that 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 died. Like that's just really bad. No but doubt. I mean, if you there's experts that have been I've watched different in different sides of it, but there's experts that said World Trade Center came down like a demolition like a demolition. By floor, by floor, by floor, by floor. Like, uh, controlled, controlled demolition. Right. A plane going through it is not going to cause it to drop floor by floor by floor like that. You it's know not. what I'm curious to do? They got these simulate these physics simulation softwares, and you can run those type of uh, scenarios. I would I'm actually curious. like to run that too because if uh, if a bird can hit the nose of a plane and put a huge dent in it. Then how did the plane come out the other side of the building without a dent on it? Well, here's the thing. You ever hear about how an egg can go through a barn door during a tornado? Yeah. When it's moving that fast? Okay. But I guess it's not. The plane wasn't moving that fast. So I don't know. To answer your your, your question, I was just trying to play yeah, devil's advocate. Yeah, because I've seen, I mean, growing up down south in hurricanes, I've seen two by fours go through a wall like a nail and stick straight out. That like it's wild, happened. I've man. seen I've seen dumpsters get picking up and thrown. Like it's crazy. That is dumpsters crazy. Are <laughs> and that's yeah. during, that's you said that's during a hurricane. Yeah, that's during a hurricane. Such such power, like yeah. And it's amazing. I gotta tell you, and, and people tell me I'm crazy, but you know, my dad was emergency management for the Outer Banks of North Carolina oh, all yeah. my life. So during hurricanes, we never evacuated. But I gotta tell you, dude, a hurricane is if. If you can get a chance to see one, like, and go through one, it's, it's something amazing. Like, it oh, really I, I is. I believe you. And then the eye, if you can see in the eye, dude, it's the most beautiful part. The sun is so, I mean, the colors are just amazing in the eye of a hurricane. But then the back part comes and you got to run. So hold on. It's like, <laughs> so let me ask you this. It's like the eye is in the center. So it's like the storm see, comes. Yeah. Once the storm comes, you can... You will have, it depends on how big the eye is, but you'll have 15, 20 minutes of calm where it's gorgeous. And Dumb then you question. got the back part of the hurricane, which is the most powerful. Dumb question for you. So if you were tracking the storm and you knew how fast it was moving and you stayed within the eye of the storm, could you just stay in that little sweet spot or does the eye uh, move it, and grow? No, the eye moves, it grows, it shrinks, it gets bigger. Yeah. The breeze still comes across it. I mean, oh, you yeah, get a wind yeah, gust true, and true, suck true. you inside, you know what I mean? But, dude, it's it, just storms so are beautiful, power, man. They really man. are. Like storms it, are absolutely humans, amazing. If humans could learn how to harness just a bit of that energy, like, we could do so much. But, yeah, storms are pretty. What about you, Cam? How do you feel 19 years later after 9-11? Okay, I mean, like, I'm to the point... I'm all like a grumpy military veteran. <laughs> I was gonna ask, <laughs> how do you like from the military's point of view? I'm a civilian point of view. I'm just to the point where it's like I seen the mechanics of it. I get it. Like, yeah, God bless America. That's like a a, a slogan, but I get the behind the scenes on what it takes for God to bless America. There's a lot right. of work, a lot of dirty work. So it's like. How do I feel 2020 post 9-11? Man. I, that speaks I, volumes right there. It's, he's speechless. Um, that speaks volumes. 
I, I, I really, because it's like we, we, there's no turning back from it. It's like I, I, I dare to ponder what type of world we would live in right now were there no 9 11. Mm. Where we were still laxed in security and everybody was comfortable with, with our with our neighbors to the north and the south, open borders, all that. I don't know. But um how I feel right now it is um you mentioned before when we were starting that you said it's a dictatorship. Some I believe you you, you said that we were talking about government. How I feel yeah. now is that 9-11 was just one of many necessary steps to form that dictatorship. And COVID is just, is just another step on that rung. And then eventually we will find ourselves in that Orwell, Orwellianism. Hey, uh, What's up, so? uh, state. But yeah, you, what's so up? I was going to I was going to ask you, um, do you think it was set up just so we could it was done so we can progress. We can actually have a war on terrorism. It Hold was done second. behind the scenes just so we got an excuse to go in and take over some countries. Oh, absolutely. So hey, let me put it in, into perspective. So you have the Cold War, right? Right. A lot of money was spent in the Cold War. Cold War, you know, granted, no one was fighting indirectly. I'm, no one was fighting directly as far as with, you know, Russia and right. the United States. But we had a lot of proxy wars, a lot of stuff uh, going indirect. But the Cold War came to an end, and there was a lot of downscaling of the military. Right. You know, and downscaling the military is a loss of revenue. When you create this enemy, this enemy that cannot be destroyed, because here's the thing, the notion of terrorism is like we beat Al-Qaeda. Next, bring in ISIS. Next, whoever's next is this notion. It's an undying enemy. Well, Chris, we had this conversation about how conventional wars are decreasing but you're seeing an increase in factions and, and terrorist organizations. So it's yep. going to get to the point where everyone is friends in this world government, United Nations, what have you. And then people who disagree with it would be little factions from within. So and again, Chris, yes, yeah, smaller military, more counterterrorism forces. Um, I got there's, actually, there's actually a movie series that kind of just plays out just what you described. What? It's actually called a Divergent series. I seen a bit. I seen one of the in, in the installment, but it's I like that is Hollywood is trying to tell us. That's exactly how you describe. You got one country, you got one government that mm -hmm. runs the world, and then you got the poor people, the rich people, the military people, and then the people that don't associate with neither one of them. Hmm. So let me ask you this though, Travis. While everyone hates on, on the New World Order and everything, and I'm not a big fan myself, but if it were run benevolently... Look at me again. Uh, uh, <laughs> again. If it were run benevolently, could it work? Because no. the whole notion of having countries and, hey, we got all the resources, you don't got shit. Like, ha, ha, ha. Like, I think no, it's, it's not going to work because the poor it's going to work the same as it does now. Poor mm -hmm. people going to suffer, rich people going to be rich. That's never going to change. Never, never going to say change. never. Again, I mean, unless I'm you got Robin Hood that's going to come in and give everybody money. Say again? Unless you got a Robin Hood that's going to come in and give everybody money, poor people so are going to stay, 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 stay with me, though, Trav. Stay with me, Trav. So let me, let me ask you this. If everyday citizens had free access to abundant energy, abundant energy, you can grow your own food with hydroponics. 
abundant energy, you know, is essential. You can mine Bitcoin with that. Hence, the whole concept of money would change. I think that is where we are heading towards. And, and like the we can uh pile up, look, man, this twisted tongue of mine. Poverty can be eliminated through technology. And I think we are getting it could, but it's not gonna. The power is to keep people down, and that's how to keep people but down. Is the to power keep is to keep people down so they can control us because they need us. But the elite are getting to the point where they don't need us because of machines, automation, right. what have you. So it's like, but hold on, you got people to try to do this. You have people that can live completely off the grid. They don't need electricity from the government. They don't need anything from anything from anybody and the government won't let them do it what do you mean will not let them do it the government comes in you you, if you've seen um there have been people that's lived off the grid and the government has come in no you cannot do this you still got to pay taxes you got to use something they grew their own food their own water because you know catching rainwater and trying to recycle it in some areas is is against the law yeah wow stuff like that yeah like and, and that's here in the United States. Catching rainwater for you is against the law. Uh, so here's the here's, here's how I would say that is unless you have a really great system to purify that water. Because here's the thing: fire, planes, po- planes poop pollution in the sky all day. Yeah, fire. So you're drinking that directly. No, these people, what they do is they catch the rainwater when they need it, then they boil it and purify it, and then they put it in a storage container that's clean and sanitary. You, the, they use um, the big. Have you ever seen the drums on the back of like trucks, like farm trucks? They got yeah. a cage around it, and they got, but they put them in that after they purify it, and they could just pump it out when they need it. Um, and I'm assuming they test the pH and all that good stuff. I mean, if you're living off the land, you probably really don't care too much about the pH in the first place. Yeah, I guess you're right, but it's like... <laughs> I'm only, I mean, again, playing devil's advocate that they're, they're doing that so you don't drink poisoned water or... Right. Well, but, I mean, I mean you fluoride. There's no fluoride in our tap water, but... Yeah, I mean, not a very good you, case. My bad. If you go off of Flint and Louisiana and all these other people, I mean, that's government-ran stuff, and people are right. getting water. You, again, uh, great point. Right. I, I take that back. Uh, we, we should really look into why people cannot uh, capture rainwater, particularly when it's uh, you, you mentioned places like Michigan, uh, where where they have that that poisoned uh, tap water. Real quick, since we'll, we'll go to something else after this, I'll just okay. give my little, I guess, rant. Um, as a military veteran, I'm pretty disgusted with 9/11 at this point in my life, in the sense that number one, that's my birthplace, New York. Mm. I was there a month before it happened, so I got to see the Twin Towers before they were knocked down. Then I was in basic training when it happened. Um, on top of that, looking at 2020 as a whole, looking at that we led, we led the global war on terrorism and destroyed all these people's lives on top of now our response to American lives. Yeah. It's almost like the same shit. And then on top of that, if you just think of Black Americans fighting for basic human rights and equality and justice, we can't even get that. But you want us to remember 9-11, which something we both, we've all talked about was manufactured, just profit. 
So I'm really pretty disgusted. Like I really try to avoid social media on 9-11. I try not to watch anything ceremonial. I feel for those um, people who are affected directly, you know, relatives and all that. I feel for them because it was pointless deaths in my Collateral damage. Um, yeah, what the government will call it. So I, I'm just pretty disgusted. And then once I, and Cam and I have talked about this, we got enlightened while we were active duty. So imagine you got all this, what do they call piss and vinegar? You all hyped up, gung-ho. <laughs> And you got a mission. They've been brainwashing us all, oh, you know, terrorists this, terrorists that. Yes, it most is. Most of that shit is manufactured. Yeah. Um, most of that shit is manufactured. You got to put it in perspective. It's something me and Cam go back and forth about. These people, if you really think about it, are fighting for their country, essentially. Same thing y'all guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. getting enlightened, active duty, then going to a combat zone and getting enlightened again by seeing mm -hmm. boots on the ground, seeing where our taxpayers' money is going, leaves a I mean, very- Cam actually enlightened me after he come home. Like, Cam enlightened me after he come back with everything that he learned from being overseas in war and stuff. And Cam have some nice long conversations yeah, and- that's some wild talks, man. Yeah. It was like- Dude, Cam changed my attitude. Like I was in a horrible place and Cam actually changed my attitude by telling me like, well, this is how it is there. This, like, from what he learned, he told me. And, dude, I appreciate that, too. Yeah. You know, pleasure is mine, bro. You you have lightened me as well. You know, we yeah. were supposed to uplift each other. Um, And then on top of that, some, one last thing I wanted to say was um, I somebody asked something like, what was one of the worst years of your life? And I had to think. And I was going to think of Afghanistan that year but then i thought about it, i said no because i became enlightened that year mm. <laughs> and, like that perspective bro yeah like it was like i probably had harder years post-military more so than anything mm. um so all that to say i just america gotta get their shit together and reading about 6.4 trillion dollars and you can't in hunger and poverty and shit in our own country. We can True. basically do all this shit overnight. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. That's how I feel about it. But you you really hit uh, some very valid points there, man. Like, particularly when you're wrapping a, a putting a dollar value on it. What do you get out of that? Like, is that what we have to do? rage war for when did we actually find osama bin laden let's call it 2010. it was, it was under the obama administration yes mm -hmm. so is that what you gotta do like drop bombs on countries from like a decade until you find uh, the the guy responsible like and then what did we really gain from that you know because they they really didn't bring him to trial he got shot in the head and buried at sea so what did we gain there was no and that's the price. Well, I got a question for you. We killed Osama bin Laden. His son is movingly, movingly very fast up through the rankings over there also. Um, History. So we just killed so one to so have another one replaced. I don't and know. We, 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 or the U.S. government trained Osama bin Laden. He was yeah, here with the, the Mujahideen. 
Um, uh, I remember when when it happened and Bin Laden's family was in Maryland University, 30 miles from me. His niece was in college and they quarantined her and got her on a plane and got her out the country. I mean, wouldn't you think you want to keep her in the country considering you're looking for her uncle? Well, they, um, you know, we do a lot of the United States does a lot of business in the Middle East. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And definitely. I know the Bin Laden family, not necessarily Osama Bin Laden, but their family had some construction contracts. Maybe they did. Um, actually, Osama Bin Laden's father used to work with Bush. Okay. So that, yeah, that makes sense. And then it happened underneath his underneath uh, Bush's regime. But here's another thing you must consider is like typically when terrorists blow some shit up, they say, I did that shit. Ha ha ha. It's like their little dirty tag, you know, yeah. but I don't recall him ever. And correct me if I'm wrong, send a link to the footage, but I don't ever recall him saying, taking credit for that, for 9-11. You know, when, um, when Osama bin Laden was wanted the most wanted man in the world he was not wanted for the terroristic attacks on 9-11 what was he wanted for terroristic acts in other countries and murder in other countries but the charges that were brought up were no charges on him for the attacks on 9-11 and that's very um that's very strange and yeah. and again it's like the whole narrative around it was just sloppy. Like how the Pentagon footage disappeared yeah. and, and all that. And then to this day, they give us nothing. Let me but ask you, Cam. Hold so... on, I want to throw out one more thing. It's like, you know, that was 2001. Okay, whatever. Now there are cameras everywhere. So right. they gotta cover their tracks and... and they, they can't be that sloppy if such a th an event were to occur in, in 2020. Because, right. you know, um, again, there's a lot of fragmented pieces. It's very bad job. What are you going to say, Travis, real quick? I was going to bring up something. I totally forgot. Go ahead. Yeah, my um, bad. Real quick, no, you're you were talking about um, pre-9-11, right? Security, surveillance, all that. When you said, what happened if we didn't have 9-11, right? What, right. what, what would have happened differently for the U.S. and globally if we didn't have to worry about 9-11? I still think, in my opinion, you and I go back and forth about that. What What is too much? The security, surveillance, and all that. Mm. What if I still think that technology would have been developed regardless of 9-11 or anything like that. But I'll be really curious to see our sense of freedom, how we would be as Americans without I, If we didn't have 9-11, I personally think something else would have happened. Okay. If they didn't hit the Twin Towers, something else would have happened. It would have been some other tragic event. Mm hmm I don't know. I just That's what always, I believe. I just always think about, like, man, like, did we really kind of rob ourselves of the American ideal of freedom and equality and all that good stuff with the 9-11 shit. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, we've talked about how you can be made a terrorist and all this shit drop of a dime. Oh, oh yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm thinking in regards- That really did open up the, the floodgates for it, Patriot yeah. Act and uh, yep. everything else after that, but it was feeding off of that fear. 
just like health and safety feeds off of fear and it's going to open the floodgates for a lot of things as well right fear drives and that's probably i mean 9-11 happened so the country would be in fear so whatever the president decided to do we would be all for it yeah you know like it, it happens um how we were talking about okay the antichrist the second one cam is the one i brought up like hitler i asked myself over the years i used to ask like how how did all them people follow Hitler and willingly walk into the gas chambers in these camps? You know what I'm saying? Like, willingly mm. doing it. Like, asking you, hey, yeah, def- like, volunteering to go to these places. But I sit back and I watch the American people do it every day now. What every do you mean? day. And what's that? Um, what do you mean by volunteer? The COVID, we're, we're welcoming, we're welcoming stuff. We're, we're welcoming our government to take our rights away. Because it's just it's a mask. It's just a mask. It's just six feet. It's just one store that's closed down. It's just a curfew. I mean, come on. But it's just that just one thing adds up to a lot. And your oh, freedoms yes, are compounds, gone. Absolutely. Right. But and your freedoms are gone. And, we're, and, and most people are welcoming it because they think... It's going to make everything go back to normal, but it's creating right. a new normal. I mean, that was a huge joke. You know why? I mean, you know, we live like right here by the Amish people. You know why the Amish people didn't catch COVID? They don't watch TV. Mm. <laughs> wow, that's profound, though. It really I mean, is. COVID and COVID is real. I right, don't get me wrong. COVID is real. My cousin passed away from COVID last month. Sorry. Um, but he had cancer. And he caught COVID and he couldn't fight it off. I mean, my oldest right now, Cam's nephew has cancer. I mean, not cancer, my bad, has COVID. He's at home quarantined right now with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's perfectly fine. He's running around playing basketball. <laughs> that's my you know goal. what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, there is, I got some theories on that too, though. But... Disease is a fear factor for the government to control us. I really think it's gonna be like the flu. But this is just it so is the flu. new that it's a 99% recovery rate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because but people still die from the flu. But Absolutely. because this is new and people are dying from it, they're like, oh my god, it's the worst thing in the world. But I think I was, uh, the whole being active, like you said, can help metabolize the virus out of the system too. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know too much about it. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's supposed, it technically is the weakest. It's the weakest virus that could ever be, man. Like it dies at six feet and at 103 degrees, it dies. The virus burns off. 103 degrees, wow. Something like that, yeah, it burns off. Um, and all you gotta do is wash your hands to prevent it. It's the weakest virus there's ever been. Okay, so Trav, how do you find the balance with kind of following the guidelines, but still living your life under this basically Rona rules, as we say? Mm. I, I'm probably the wrong one to answer that. <laughs> I do what I want. Okay. I like that. I, I I I don't wear a mask. Cam follows me on Instagram and Facebook. I don't wear a mask. I go to Philly a couple times a week. I have to for surgeries. Um, I went to Jersey for vacation last month. Um, I was in Ocean City for vacation. I went and spent a couple of days up in Harlem, Queens, to visit some people. Um, I don't wear my mask. And how, how has that experience been for you? Because me and Cam have seen, we've been talking about it back and forth throughout the whole year. 
about, I guess, people that are anti-mask, so to speak. So I'm how not anti-mask. I'm, I'm not anti-mask. Believe me, I'm not. Okay. Um, but I believe that if you were a dirty individual, if you're, if you had to drastically change your lifestyle because of this virus, then you were a dirty individual to begin with. <laughs> All you gotta do is wash your hands. Come on, man. All you gotta do is wash your hands, and you can prevent the virus. You know what I mean? I think it's a bit more complicated than that. Yeah. I mean, I hope the next virus is. I hope the next one that comes out is is viral, so people can take baths. Well, here's like, the thing. It's like um, there's. I do believe there's more than one strain of this thing. Yeah. And one reason why I'm not so fond of vaccines is just because they we were forced at gunpoint to take them in the military. Yeah. And they made. Hey, you know who's you know who's them. in charge of the COVID vaccine? Who? Trump's youngest son. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was hearing something about uh, Kushner or something. Gary yeah, Kushner. he's running, his company's running the research on the vaccine. But along so with, candidates along with you brought it up, Bill Gates. Uh, along with, you brought it up yesterday. We were talking. You brought it up along with Bill Gates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill Gates has a lot of skin in the game for a vaccine. Yeah. But it's like, it makes no sense because, as I mentioned, it can mutate and you can have more than one strain. Mm-hmm. But. Right. The way I see it is like, I'm not saying COVID does not exist. I am just accepting the fact that I everyone may get it, just like the flu. Right. It's just but it's like, a 99 hey, recovery It's cold rate. and flu and COVID season, like right. straight like that. And we just get we just get on with our lives. Dude, do you guys remember the flan, um, the the swan flu scare? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had the swan flu. Like, I caught it. Um, I felt like I was dying for five days, but after my medication, dude, I was fine. It was just a super strength of the flu. My body ached and I coughed. Um, That's all it was. Any uh, any special remedies? Man, I took um, D-Pack. I I like ginger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your mom. Well, your mom comes up with this concoction that's real thick and green and nasty, and it knocks the flu out within three hours. I don't know yeah, what it that's is. That's that West works, Indian, man. That's that West Indian stuff. It works. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I was gonna ask both of you this question: Is Rona 9/11 Part Two? It's yeah. okay. Remember we talked about those New World Order cards? Yes. It's on there. 9/11's on there. This whole cop kneeling thing is on there. Um, Rona is on there in some shape or form. And then the final card is the Earth splitting in half, which is we can get to that later on when we discuss the end of the world. But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's part of it. Um, Let's see. It's fear factor. It's so they can take away anything they want to take away. Yeah, as Travis said, you know, you got to do it gradually. And you gotta have new reasons. You can't say we're doing this because of terrorism, and this because of terrorism, and this, 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 that, and that, and the third. You know, it's like now you have a new enemy, and that new enemy is COVID. Before it was, you know, it, it was Islamic extremism was the face of fear in America for, for quite some time. But you know, people get tired and bored of that. You gotta change the enemy. I mean, Nostradamus wrote that there was gonna be a disease breakout that was gonna scare the world. He wrote that years ago. I mean, not for nothing. Did he write it post the Black Plague or prior to to the Black Plague? He wrote it post the Black Plague. Okay. 
Because he, yeah, he actually I mean, there's been pandemics. Because he actually years. predicted the Black Plague also. Okay. But it wasn't the black. It wasn't the Black Plague. It was a disease carried by, you know, animals. Is what he wrote. Him so, and him. Him and huh? The the Black Plague was carried by rats. Yeah, yeah, that was carried by. It wasn't. The, it's the bubonic plague. The bubonic well, plague and the black. They were both carried by rats. No, I mean, like I thought the bubonic plague is the black plague. Like that's what. Yeah, it's a it's a different strand. It. It's a different strand. Okay. The same thing. Yeah. Um. All right. NFL's back. College football's back. How do you feel about it, Trey? I don't know if you watch sports. I know Cam doesn't really watch sports. <laughs> yeah, you can handle this one, Trey. <laughs> I, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm ready to see my I'm ready to see my Panthers go to Super Bowl this year. Okay. Um, I would say I got mixed feelings. I was telling Cam about this. Like I kind of feel disconnected from sports a little bit. Besides, we are. We all are. Yeah. Besides NBA, Smart like view is already turned off. That's my uh, first love anyway. But um. All right. So how do you feel about the new NBA rules that they play with no audience in front of oh, everybody? I, I've been loving it because number one, you don't have, I, it sucks for the fans, so to speak, but I love it as a fan of pure basketball and from a basketball sense, the level is the level of play has been excellent. You don't have all these bullshit distractions. You don't have cameramen on the baseline. You don't have the uh, courtside seat shit going on. Like the players can just focus on playing. I've been loving that shit. Um, right. How will it be next year? I'm really curious. I think the NBA. What it did highlight for me was something that the government can take note of is how efficient the NBA handled Rona. Okay. Yeah. How they put their money behind it. They use science data. They were like, you know what? Fuck this. We can figure out a way to make this shit happen. And they did it in a short amount yeah, of time. They locked all the players down, make sure they got tested, and make sure they got healthy. Yeah. So how has the NFL changed for uh for um, they, they do the same. They just lower Are capacities. They, they just lower capacities. They're only allowed to do like half a stadium now. They're not allowed to sell nowhere no, no, near what, I mean what they is would. Football football is a is very much a contact sport. Yeah. So, like, are these guys wearing, uh, they wearing masks, some sort of, because I know they had facial shields before. Some of them have face, like, visors. Yeah. But, like, any additional, uh, precautions they're taking? They're washing their hands. <laughs> nah, Trav, I saw they were copying kind of the NFL. I mean, the NBA. They had, yeah, uh, they wore gloves. Smart. I mean, they, I think they're wearing gloves and stuff. I think the, the linemen and as far as the wide receivers appear, I think they're wearing the gloves now. Um, and I think actually a couple of them had on masks, you know, the rest the breather masks that they trained mm-hmm. with. I know a couple of them were wearing them on. I've seen them doing practice and warm oh, wow. ups. So they were wearing those. I wear an elevation trainer when I run sometimes too, and it's it messes with your performance, you know, because it's harder to breathe. But, but I mean, yeah, it makes it so you can breathe. It's supposed to be so you can breathe easier, like when you take it off. Like it trains oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to simulate like altitude. Right. Yeah. So how do you guys, let me ask you guys, how do, do you guys think, so with all the stuff going on, like Kaepernick and the kneeling and um, LeBron, like everybody forcing their, you know, opinions of their use, I guess they're using the, the players to influence. Um, do you think that that has 
something to do with like COVID shutting everything down. Everybody was, the sports was getting real controversial as far as the government and stuff. So they says, hold on, Ooh, let's shut right. this down a minute and do a reset. That is a very uh, interesting theory. Cause when you really think about the power that a lot of these athletes wield and they really right. don't use it, but they have the potential to look say, at the whole like, really Kaepernick. Thinking, look at the whole Kaepernick thing, dude. He started almost a war a in the United yeah. States, like a civil war for one person. So do you think the government says, yeah, we need to stop this and do a reset? And so that's why they confined everything down and made all these rules. So, but it's like, again, that's a good theory, but then look what LeBron emerged from it as well. I think um, he just got sick of the BS. Yeah, no, I mean, but uh, I, I, he stood up as well to the system. I so. I guess I'm trying to understand your question. But he didn't stand up to the system until the system actually put his put their um, foot on his throat. As far as he didn't what? stand up until until like recently, you know what I mean? He yeah, yeah, that's what I'm like saying. Back. This is he after the, the. I'm glad so he came. To, he finally came to to stand up, but he should have did it back then instead of waiting until now. It's never too late to stand. I up. think it's never too late. Okay. Hold on, Trey. I'm trying to understand what you're asking. I'm trying to get a sense of what you're asking. Right, Are you me... saying, has Rona made this stuff? more visible or because that's that's what i'm taking from it like 2016 a lot different than 2020 because we got rona that shut that disrupted no, everything. I, I was asking do you think the government used the coronavirus to control okay. sports because the players of the nba the nfl the mlb um the soccer like they all have like they can influence people easily. Yo, you, you I, I hear what you're saying. Now that even you mentioning the um, the female soccer team, I remember they were getting political as well. Yeah. Because they uh, had a what their their player was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. They had a whole issue with that too. I think they were fighting for equal pay. That. That was some yeah, they were fighting for equal pay for women's soccer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you think the government use is using the corona to like do a reset on sports. I don't need to call leverage. Them. They say in leadership you're supposed to leverage every crisis. I don't yeah. see why they wouldn't. But at the I, same time, I don't think it's government that could see this as a problem because government is just a system. But it could be people outside of government who could be leveraging this as well. I don't. I, but to answer your question, like yeah, I totally see how sports was getting power politically powerful and lacking the control of um yeah i am um, i'll break it down like this i would say in a sense it doesn't really benefit government if sports is not going because that's the distraction from all these you know justice black lives man all this stuff True. That's actually a distraction. So it kind of seems counterintuitive to lock down sports and stop sports because now people have more time to research. Well, they didn't. Well, they didn't. Well, they didn't stop it, but they. I mean, essentially, it. they did because it was no. Well, it was for a while, yeah. Because I was upset because I had private skybox tickets to the Sixers game. Yeah. And they yeah. shut down the NBA two days before I was supposed to go. I was kind of upset, and I haven't I got my refund yet. <laughs> um, but, yeah. and 
Cam was calling that like months. Was it months ago, right? Yep, he did. Cam said it. Cam said they're gonna yeah. shut it down. Um, yeah. I would say this, Trav. Like number one, the NBA, the players are more empowered than any other league. I would say NBA. Um, not NFL. They got a weak ass union. Uh, MLB, MLB is very powerful if they choose to do that, but they tend to be a little more conservative. Um, they do. They try to stay out of the politics. And- yeah, I noticed that, but they got a they got the strongest union. I say between them, I think hockey got a pretty strong union, but it doesn't. Hockey's really- got a really good union too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think basically overall. Um, you got to understand, too, these athletes are affected by sponsors, all this shit. So they really, this has probably been the best year for them to speak out because they're able to do it because all of the United States is like, yo, we got fucking problems we need to fix. So it's like a license to be louder. Not saying these people weren't talking about it, but the spotlight is on it. So you're saying like right now, there's really no big like shoe promotions or those endorsement deals to worry about so they have that opportunity to speak up focus on the craft yeah because think about this think about all these think about okay you mentioned shoes right sponsors Mm -hmm. well think about nike's advertisement black lives matter blah 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 think about it's within their interest to be on board with this anyway so how do you look dropping one of your top athletes for a social issue that affects your fans and your consumers. Think about that. Well, because those because those athletes affect certain aspects. I mean, you gotta look at, I mean, when Kaepernick did what he did, everybody uh-huh. tried to boycott, it once they, I mean, it was a great opportunity for him. He got signed by Nike and got a huge contract, but everybody mm-hmm. tried to boycott Nike. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people were really burning Nike shoes, which didn't make any sense. You already that paid for them. Nike got remember. their money. Yeah. Like, what was the point of that? Like, that was stupid. But I mean, you know what? it's just like I got I gotta have piggyback on that because it's like people wanted to vilify Kaepernick for that, and that was that was a true peaceful protest. It yeah. was it's like y'all should have backed him on that, but now you gotta deal with this shit. Yeah. Um, and Cam and I talk about I'm it. All for peaceful, I'm all for peaceful protest. I really am. I'm for peaceful protest. You need to stand up for what you believe in. Um, sometimes it does go a little too far, like incidents where people have been driving and then people have like just stopped them in the middle of the highway and started beating cars. That's not cool. That's not what the that's not what the Black Lives Matter is supposed to stand for. Um, but you know, you have some bad people that kind of push it in that direction it just gives them a bad name for no reason but i'm all for it yeah cam and i have spoken about this at length at nauseam at this point but see i get to the point of some things too like you get pushed so far you got to take action but some we things are to... just uncalled for yeah and we talked about was it last episode too we talked about what, what is the most effective way to protest now besides economically what is the other way of protesting that really gives that visceral like immediate response of correct violent protest violent protest gives the immediate response (laughs) i mean 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, look. I, they I know are the concept. They are I, I know the concept, but I also look at it like this because we carry firearms in our vehicles, and if I'm driving, minding my own business with my kids in the back, and just a bunch of people for no reason just swarm my vehicle and start jump beating on it, I'm gonna pull out and start shooting. Well, I got slow, my kids in the back. So slow, slow down. You you, you gotta. Uh learn that use of force model because while they are assholes and they shouldn't be doing that <laughs> they, they will charge you with uh quickly with murder you know you'll, you'll be right next to mr <laughs> kyle uh written mr kyle written horse or house or whatever his his name um, is. he should he should get he should get charged with murder kyle should be charged with murder there's no ifs ands or buts about it i could give a crap what he did oh he's going to protect the public you're 17 years old, you had a firearm illegally, and you carried it across state lines illegally. You're not 18, you cannot walk around with a firearm strapped around your neck in public. You broke the law all the way around. He deserves to get brought up on murder charges. And, um, yeah, under those the scenarios with the facts you laid down, I, I agree. But I want to I wanna ask you a question on the growing trend of these uh, militias uh, how do you say, quote unquote, policing and these protests and being in public? Should they be augmenting the the actual security force or the police, the the law enforcement officials, rather than being left out to their own devices? Like, see, I think I don't agree with the militias if they say they're going in to protect businesses from rioters. To me, it's an excuse because look at Kyle. He was ran off from where he was at, and he was five blocks away from where 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 he was supposed to have been at in the first place. Mm. You know what I mean, he was five blocks away. So, so I, the I think the military needs to get all. It's going to suck because going to kind of contradict what I believe because I don't believe in martial law but <laughs> oh, I do boy. think the military I do think the military or the police need to get a hold of these groups of militias or whatever running around with guns thinking they can take the law in their own hand um Dude, that's, tough. You, that's a slippery slope because I mean, I mean it is and it, it goes vice versa because for a well regulated militia because if I got to stand out here with a militia to protect my house, I'm going to do that too. But that's my property I'm protecting. I'm not going across state lines protecting somebody else's. You know what I mean? I'm so protecting I, my property. We, we have this conversation, this, this conversation all the time about some clarity on the Second Amendment. And yeah. it's like a one-liner. It is. And it's it's so broad. You it's know, big. and it's like um, it mentions well-regulated militias. It really doesn't go into details on them. I'm going to have to do some research on the rules and regulations of these well-regulated militias, but them crossing state lines, like how does that work? And, yeah. and, and, and things like that. I make. mean, that's just a basic, your, your basic law, that's federal law. If you're under 18 years old, you're, you're allowed to have a shotgun or a rifle if you're using it for hunting. You're not allowed to carry it around with you in public unless you're 18 years old. Like, so if he say, say he was 19, then he was legally allowed to be able to walk around with it in public. 
not crossing state lines because different states got different laws. You got to check into that because yeah. we have to jump through hoops. Like I said, we carry everywhere we go. So when we go to a different state, we have to abide by that state's laws. Like I can't keep the gun in the open. I can't like in Pennsylvania, we can keep the clip in the gun. You're not allowed to have one in the chamber in a pistol. But when you go to different states, you're not even allowed to have the clip in the gun. Period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to have them separate. Yeah. So that's what you got to pay attention to. But mm-hmm. that law of carrying a shotgun or a rifle in public is that's that's nationwide. That's federal. Like he broke the law. Period. Flat out, he broke the law. You you didn't cross the state. You didn't drive an hour and cross state lines to go read Bible verses to them people. Mm-hmm carried a loaded AR-15 with you and you went across state lines for that sole purpose of they say protecting but I say doing harm because you don't travel just to protect people's property you don't know I mean who's, who could say what, what his intentions were but we can say what we can we can really discuss what occurred and um, it, it seems like it's getting to the point where both sides are, are getting violent the people who are supposedly right. uh, protecting the protesters. And it ain't no secret that there are some angry protesters and there are some saboteurs among the crowd. But, but I think that the Black the Lives Matter was pushed. I think the Black Lives Matter was pushed into the, the, to the violent protest because in the beginning it was peaceful until um, people of not color started having problems with it. And then it pushed them to the point because it started pushing more issues and more issues. Bro, I think it's a combination of that. I think it's a combination of hopelessness. And it's like there's a combination of people who see no hope if Trump or Biden is going to win. Like, it's going to be fucked up no matter what. And people are frustrating. It's it's centuries of of frustration that is coming out and animosities. And and, uh, people just don't care. Are these the last days? Are we truly on the brink of the end of the world? Who could say? But we can definitely use that as a transition point to talk about December 21st, 2020, the so-called yeah. uh, end, of, end of the world. Y'all got yes. that. Go ahead. I'll just, so I'll, just bring that, I'll just bring up a quick Google search and see what that says. But I mentioned those, uh, I mentioned those New World Order cards because... Mm-hmm. They referenced a lot of things that had already occurred in history, and they were created in 1993, as we mentioned. The World Trade Center yep. was on there. The coronavirus was on there. Um, how do you say? Even this reference to police brutality, the cop is literally kneeling. They drew this in 1993, and we've yep. seen this. Uh, a lot of these events happening. The last card is supposed to be the Earth splitting in half. There's a theory on um, about the poles and everything, and every uh, 26,000 years there's a magnetic pole shift. It fucks everything up. But hold on, let me put in. Uh, it's shifting December now. December 21st. Boom. So the end of the world is coming. So this is. Let me find a good source on here. Alright. So the end of the world is coming on December 1st, 2020. The Mayans got it wrong. <laughs> the world's going to end on December 21st, 2020, says a Bible expert. Okay, I'm just reading this verbatim. Okay, so doomsday okay. prophecies like the ones we have read about in the past in July and September 2016. 
the three predictions of January 2017 and again in February, twice in May, and then in December. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of prophecies that people said the Earth was going to end before and it didn't. So need I remind you, people, the American Horror Story, Apocalypse, A Quiet Place, The Last Man on Earth, Pacific Rim, it all takes place in the year 2020. Interesting. Did any yeah, of did you, you see? Did you remember the movie 2020? They made a movie about it too. I when did they make a movie called 2020? Yeah, they were supposed to be making a movie called 2020. It was supposed to have been kind of the same thing that's going on in 2020. It was supposed to have been the recap of, remember 2012, where they had the big, um, yeah, where California was supposed to fall off? But they yeah, were supposed to be doing a remake of it that's supposed to be going on now, but it kind of got shut down. Because of 2020. How I Because of 2020. <laughs> So okay. it says, ignore the fact that December 21 also just happens to be Belgie's birthday. I don't know who Belgie is. Okay, let's get to it. So, Belgie, that's the guy from, um, Belgie's the guy from, what cartoon is that? I forgot what it is. Mm. Well, go so, ahead. Okay, so it's saying um, December 21st during the Great Conjunction, when Jupiter and Saturn come within 0.1 degrees of one another and create the brightest star in the sky since the star of Bethlehem. Wow. Really? Anyone who knows about the star of Bethlehem, it's a a star that pretty much hovered over Jesus' stable when he was born, as it was depicted in the Bible. And they say nothing about him being born on December 25th that's just something that people made up later but anyways they're saying that jupiter and saturn are going to get they're going to line up and it's going to look like they're so close that it's going to look like one star it's going to be mad bright so that's pretty crazy because that's supposed to happen on the 21st the 21st of uh of december i'll pull out my telescope and check that out yeah man it's definitely going to be a sight to see So it says, it will be the closest Jupiter and Saturn have been since 1623. And it won't even come that close again for another 500 years. So this is so rare, and it's going to be on the winter solstice. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So cool thing about my birthday is on the summer solstice. All the days get shorter after my birthday. But on the- No, they get longer. No, they don't. On the winter solstice, they get longer. I Trust thought it was flip-flop, nah? Nah, bro. Oh. That's why it's like Christmas. Nah, man. Trust me on this. Okay. My birthday is the longest day of the year. Okay, After okay. June 21st, the yeah. days start getting shorter. Five oh, yeah. It's not yeah, until yeah. December 21st where you start getting five minutes more of daylight. Meaning, like, that's a little bit of hope. Like, spring is right around the corner. Yeah. You're gradually getting more daylight. So, right, yeah, this is, uh... This is pretty cool. So it says the Mayans are now recognizing. Well, then it's time. It's going to happen for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. But um, there's a lot of theories. A lot of YouTubers are talking about it. A lot of memes going on. You know, any thoughts on it from you guys? I, I've heard somebody mention something that makes sense. I think 20, 2020 is the like. The end of the world, I would say it's the end of the world as we know it. Maybe spiritually, how we move, shit like that. Right. Much Armageddon, like asteroids and all this shit. I think it's more social. The humanity would be wiped out. 
Yeah, now, I've heard about that too. As far as like the end of the age of Aquarius. Yeah. Like um, you know how we have the zodiacs and they're kind of, yeah. they're pretty much they're governed by like the the months, by the year. Yep. Like for instance, mine um, Gemini is from May to May to June. But you also have like different ages as well that are governed by the stars and they're much longer. I think each age is like 2,000 years. So yeah, I think it's age of Aquarius now, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're entering into when, Aquarius. When did that start? When did that start? Um, like when this, I, I don't know, but I can tell you that during the Bible, it was the age of Pisces, or at least during the age of Jesus was the yeah. age of Pisces. That's what you see a yeah, lot of I'm fish. A Pisces. You see a lot of fish stuff. That in, makes sense. In, in Pisces. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because he fed people with fish. He did a, everybody lived on the water. Yeah. Um, it was a good, yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, I was looking for something else about those pole shifts. I um, mean, the poles are shifting. I've read up on that, but like I said, I've been, I read, I've read the Bible from cover to cover four times. You get bored, oh, and you man. got nothing else to do. You, you need a medal for you need a medal for that, man. I made yeah. it three quarters yeah. of the way. Yeah, well, I read it three times, it, just reading it. The fourth time is when I started understanding it. There's a because, difference between like, you reading get a superficial understanding. understanding the first time. And shout out to my buddy Mario. Like he's a, I can, he's a hardcore Christian, but I consider him a very deep biblical scholar. He's the one who pointed out some, uh, some, some passages that I missed with Noah's Ark. There's actually okay. a, a, a really brief line where it says that the waters came from inside the earth. Yeah, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but there's also a lot of water that was inside the earth too, from the Great Deluge. But a lot of powerful, profound information in there. Oh, definitely. And and then that, and like I said, I read the Bible. I've, I've read like with Nostradamus, um, his writings, and um, Michelangelo. He was actually, most people know Michelangelo as just being a designer or a painter. Mm -hmm. But Michelangelo was a great philosopher. He used his paintings to predict things that would happen and put things in paintings hidden. Like Michelangelo was, him and Nostradamus were great philosophers together. They worked together oh, yeah. on a couple things also. Um, like we were discussing, like before the end of the world, the, the three antichrists. Um, mm -hmm. Nostradamus believes there's three antichrists. He believes the first antichrist, the way it was described, Nostradamus was, this was before everything. So um, he was describing Napoleon um, was the first antichrist. And then the second description people brought out as Hitler is the second antichrist and now we're waiting on the reveal of the third antichrist i gotta interject as a somewhat biblical scholar myself <laughs> that nero caesar was definitely the first uh antichrist like he was literally killing christians persecuting them like torturing them in the Colosseums. like his name literally added up to 666 it, there's a couple of them that added up to 666. It's oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Historically, Napoleons may have as well. Yeah, but Napoleons, know, uh, um, Napoleons um, the way it was broken down, um, it was broken down to 666. Um, but Napoleon didn't use, I mean, um, Nostradamus didn't use their names directly because, you know, he was predicting. So like, it so wasn't Napoleon, it's like it was Napoleon. No, not Napoli was the person, the Antichrist, and a couple hundred years later, we found Napoleon. 
Um, and then Hitler wasn't, it wasn't spelled out as Hitler. It was spelled out. I can't exact, so I'm not going to quote it, but it was, it started with an H. It was a combination of his first name and last name with, a, with letters together, but it come out to um, Adolf Hitler. Um, I mean, there are, and like, you could read a bunch of it. I, I, it's very interesting. You, it, it finds, but I, I use Nostradamus and the Bible because the Bible predicts everything that's going to happen. Also, so we, we had a, me and me and Chris had a discussion on that. Like, yeah. or is it a blueprint? That could be a blueprint because you know it was written by God. I mean, it was written by man. Yeah, that's what the we. Bible was translated by man, and the Catholic Church supposedly has writings from God that they didn't want to put in the Bible. Like, oh, um, there's when you really look into how the final Bible was packaged, it's some really bizarre practices on how it came to it. I'm talking about like there are more than one. There are more books in the Bible that are in there, the traditional one now. It came to a point of like simplifying it and narrowing it down. And right. I believe they said they put all these texts on a table and they said which other ones are on the table tomorrow morning are like the ones that are going to be in the book or something so bizarre like that. And if you don't believe me, I implore you to do your due diligence. And oh, really I, I, I trust but you because you can read so certain Bibles. How, how that it was formed. I got, um, I got some Bibles actually downstairs. I have some of my grandmother's old Bibles that mm -hmm. were passed down from my great-grandma and stuff like that. Um, and these books are like this thick. Yeah. And then I got a Bible that's the NIV version that's like this thick. So then you know it's I mean? like, does it have the book of, like, the Ethiopian ones have the, the book of Enoch in there, which is a really yep. great read. It's, uh... No, that one didn't go back that far. This was the original King James version, okay. where King James put most of the. I forgot which book. I forgot what they called it. It was a certain type of book, not like the Book of Enoch went into a different version of the Bible. You know what I mean? So canonicals and all that other stuff. Yeah. yeah. I guess, man. But you know what's 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 wild about the King James version is. You ever play around with Google Translate and things don't translate so cleanly from one language to another? Right. So the King James right. version is a it's a translation of a translation of a translation. Because my understanding like the is NIV like, is a translation of those two translations. Yeah. Mm. So it's a lot of things can be misconstrued. Because my understanding is like the original New Testament was in Greek. Yep. Then it got translated to Latin. And then it got translated into English. Right. And it's like, you know, I, that's how I, I write to my son. You know, like I write things in English, I translate it to German, and boom, I send it, it out to him. You know, he's out there in Germany. And some things can be lost to translation. Yeah. So it's like, I'm very certain that things could, same thing could happen as, as well in these other texts. But at the same time, what I will leave you with is there's a lot of great information in, in the Bible. There and is. It's, um, not to be taken all literally. Take it how you want to take it, I suppose. Um, I mean, I basically what I, cause I don't, I don't know. I don't look at everything in the Bible, cause look at the Bible. You're not supposed to mark your skin, dude. I'm covered in tattoos. You know what I mean? I don't take everything literal, but I take the things out in the Bible like you do unto others as others do unto you. You know what I mean? You treat your brother with respect. You one, 
you love one another, your neighbors, you know what I mean? You get along with everybody. I try to be peaceful with everybody. I try to get along with everybody. I will take the shirt off my back and give you if you really need it. That's the way I try to live my life because that's the way I, I think that God will want us to live our lives. You know what I mean? No doubt. That's what I've taken from the teachers of the Bible. Um, so that's why I don't like, I don't think that Bible and politics and all that stuff, they should mix Oh, that. it has no room in politics, particularly yeah. when it endorses slavery and genocide and infanticide, right. among right. other forms of uh, murder, torture, and death. But, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it, it has any room in, in, in politics, and that seems to be the way the right is leaning is they are incorporating all this evangelicalism into uh into policy and and, um you just really treading on some slippery slopes like when you're saying we want to put the ten commandments back into public schools okay so what about ahmed and what about krishna like you're gonna accommodate them you're gonna accommodate them with their faith and because just like it's almost like um the black national anthem at the NFL game is like, okay, now we must have the Hispanic one, and now we must have right. the purple and the green one as yeah. well. It's like, the world is strange, man, but I'm, I'm glad to be reporting on it. What else we got on the, um, the agenda, unless you still want to um, go down the, the biblical path? Um, nah, I was going to talk about social media. So how has... How, where do y'all see the future of social media and what are the pros and cons of social media for y'all personally? I'm going to let Trav go first and then I'm going to throw that monkey wrench. <laughs> well, I've been on Facebook for 30 days now because um, somebody didn't like my opinion on weed, guns, and Trump. So okay. I was, somebody reported me. So I've been oh, on you Facebook. On, you was on Facebook jail? Yeah, I've been in Facebook jail for 30 days. Um, Social media is the biggest influence there is. It controls everybody's lives. Yes, it's very powerful. Yeah. It's controlling everybody's lives. And we, 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 we talk about it bad, but I mean, look, we're streaming on what? YouTube right now, Facebook Live, Instagram yeah. Live. You know what I mean? So, like, it controls our lives. It could be a good influence. It could be a bad influence. Um, it's not being influenced for good, and there's a lot of things coming behind it um there's some good like i mean you gotta look at certain things facebook can track your locations even if your gps is off you know what i mean like you gotta redefine print and know what to turn off in your phone and social media is is good and it's bad it has its pros and its cons like it's good for entertainment it's good because i got family all over the i I got well all over the world but we got People in England and the DR and you know all over, and I can keep up with them easily. Yeah. Shoot them a message real quick. You know what I'm saying? I that's can see what they're doing purpose. and how they're doing their lives. That's the great aspect, and I think that's what it was built on before. But dude, now we control everything is on Facebook. Oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Let me put that on Facebook. I gotta go watch the dog. Let me put that on Facebook. You know what I mean? People put all their problems on Facebook without actually talking about their problems. Nobody actually gets rid of their problems. Everybody, you don't talk face to face no more. Mm-hmm. Like, shoot, hit me on, hit me on Facebook. You know what I mean? Or find me on Instagram. Like, nobody does face to face stuff anymore. It's all information. controlled by our phone. 
it's that's just funny, my opinion. You know? I mean, I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have. I have Facebook and Instagram. I got Snapchat because the kids use Snapchat. But I mean, other than that, I don't have. I don't do the. I have Twitter. I think I tweet once a year, maybe. Like, yeah. I really don't use that because honestly, that Twitter's like. That's one of the biggest political social media platforms there is. Absolutely. Because every president, every congressperson, everybody has a Twitter account. True. Everybody has Facebook and IG, but everybody has a Twitter. And that's kind of why I just, I backed off Twitter. I don't really, I've never gotten into the, 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 the retweeting and just never I got into that. I play with it every now and then, but I'm not a big Twitter fan myself either. But let me All throw right. a question at you, CJ, and... And Trav, like, should the government acquire Twitter? Since oh. it's almost like a public platform that they use the the push, not so much policy, but communicate to the public. I think, I think we're, I think partnership, but not acquire. Okay. I, I think it could be used for good and bad. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna leave it. I guess semi-independent in a sense. All right, I can see that still, too. But still useful because if you really think about really it, not in that they do do lean one way or the other. I I do think I will say this across social media is something I kind of wish is like everybody should be able to have their voices. Right. I not do, every time I voice my opinion, I get put in Facebook jail. Yeah, like <laughs> freedom of speech. Yeah, right. I think. Because you can see agendas based on what gets censored on right. social media. Me and Cam have talked about this. Yeah. Right. Particularly exactly when right. we discussed that uh, particular organization that we can't speak without getting like blocked. Yeah. But um, you asked about my perspective of the future of social media. Uh-huh. Um, here's the thing. we've uh, Everyone uh, has went through that Pokemon Go phase with augmented reality. And that yeah. was a real basic introduction to uh, augmented reality and mm -hmm. what it can do. Apple is getting ready and it's, it's, I think it's another reason why I think their stock split and is getting ready to spike is they're getting ready to release these uh, these glasses that are also pretty much can replace the phone. And Google has them already. Yeah, they have them. Has them but are, they are they to the point where they are compact or they're like just yeah. like my glasses yeah the google the the i forgot the name it was the google lens or something it was a pair of glasses you hooked up bluetooth your phone calls every it, they did it through bluetooth then but what was this like because like you it was like five or six years ago they yeah. came out with this that you could do your um your google maps appear on yeah. your screen your phone calls like the person you're, you're talking to appears on your glass screen they make a motorcycle helmet that has a heads up display. that goes on your phone is in the yep. heads up display on your helmet. And that's cool. That's cool, but it's not made by Apple. And so no, it's like, it's I, I really, by, no, when no, you have a standalone, when, when you got a standalone device, like you don't need the iPhone to wear these glasses and your screen is right on your, is right on there. And you can just talk to it and do whatever. I like Apple's design, so I'm very excited to see how they're going to roll out these glasses. But I can see it's going to be very. Uh, you know who's building those Apple glasses? Say again. Do you, know who's, do you know who's making those Apple glasses? I'm not too sure. 
LG. Wouldn't be surprised. Oh, but at the same time, it's still LG. LG and Samsung makes all the screens for their Apple devices. Yeah. If you look yeah. it up, Samsung, Samsung, Samsung makes half the iPhone. The only thing that's not, the only thing that's not a Samsung is the um, software. But everything else is actually made by Samsung. I'm gonna fact check you on that. Because I know there's a lot because, of. Um... Fact check it because it, um, 2020, this year is the first year that LG has stepped in and Google is partnering out their phones between um, between Samsung and LG because um, they couldn't keep up with the fact that the iPhone 12 is getting ready to drop and they're going to overload. Like, they're going to overflood the market. So LG and Samsung both in 2020 are making a new iPhone 12. Okay, so you... Um... You have a you raise a valid point, and it says I'm just gonna read this little blurb real quick. It says with all the controversies and competitions in the cutthroat industry, why does Samsung make Apple parts? The fact of the matter is that Samsung, known for building mobile phones, also builds processors, processors that it supplies to Apple. Indeed, Samsung was expected to provide up to 75% of the chips and Apple needed for their next iPhone. So that's what the processor chips, totally get that. But as far as like, there are mad components, like for the screens. And well, all the, well, the screen comes, the screen comes from, from Samsung and LG because Apple has never produced a screen quality. Like Apple don't make TVs. Samsung oh, yeah, and LG is. makes TVs. Apple makes an Apple TV, but it's a streaming device. It's not an actual TV. So, but can you knock Apple's hustle, not making a oh, damn Oh, no. Thing, I didn't say I knocked Apple's hustle. Together I just said Apple and, and Samsung. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't knock the hustle. I learned something new today. I did not know. I, I could guess that, like, a percentage of it, but not See, so that's why, Well, that's why I thought it was funny that um, everybody claims that, you know, the Apple and the Android, you know, thing, but... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Android is, Android is the operating system. Android is the software. That's who I have my, <laughs> my gripes and complaints with. And I know CJ is a loyal Android user, but I don't yeah, like me too. I don't like software. Shane, well, I, I feel sorry for you guys. Hey, I mean, why? Hey, hold on, hold on. I can do something with this that you can't do with your Apple phone. I, I don't run the Android software on this. I'm not running Android software. What are you running I on? I my phone and change my software. But you, you can can't do, do that with the, Apple. You can. You just have to hack the firmware. Well, but that, I guess that's the easiest thing to do with, with the I, Apple. I get what you're Android. saying. You do have some more uh, more play to, to do uh, with, with Android. You have more luxury, uh, more freedom. I'll you can re that. you can redesign your whole entire phone. You can't do that with Apple. You're right. At the I same time, my forever. My phone will do. Man, <laughs> I just really like their user interface. Like again, with Apple products, you take it out of a out of the box. Thirty minutes later, you'll figure it out. But these glasses, I'm very confident because they're going to be in your face all day. Your notifications are going to be in your face all day. So that's definitely going to have an impact on social media. Well, yeah, definitely because right cool. now I put my phone on silent a lot. Yeah. Just because my notifications go off like a text message or a message from Facebook Messenger or Facebook. 
I get tired of my phone going ping, ping. I can put it on silent, go cut grass, walk away from it. If I don't, and as far as like human behavior, if we yeah. know, if we hear it going off, we'll go check it. But if yeah. we don't hear our phone going off, then we don't check it. You know, kind of right. out of sight, out of mind. But if you're going to put glasses on, it's going to put it in your face 24-7, then you're constantly going to be, you're going to depend on the technology. And I think that's where human beings are headed. So let me ask you this, like in our course of, wrong. in the course of civilization, right? I think that humans have not evolved. We've gotten more dependent on technology. And now it's like, as I mentioned, these glasses, we're merging further with the tech. And as you hey. mentioned, we're getting more dependent on it. I mean, have you seen the, the, I guess the Facebook memes like, yeah, your man can program a computer, but can he go shoot a deer? Like we're gonna come to we're gonna, we're gonna come to something we're gonna come to something where we're gonna be dependent completely on technology and technology is gonna shut completely down and people are not gonna know what to do people are not gonna know how to survive without technology they're not gonna know how to go get their own food without going to a grocery store or ordering online and having my groceries delivered to my house without actually going to a grocery store they're not gonna know how to fend for their family they're not gonna know how to do anything at all because they're too focused technology will take care of so what, what what would cause this epic uh tech failure i mean anything electromagnetic drop a, drop, a, drop a nuke drop a nuke and see what happens all yeah. communication goes dead yeah, I electromagnetic mean, interference yeah 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 i mean so in that case if we're doing all that and the government wants to buy you know social media platforms so that means the government can shut it down when they want to the government mm -hmm. can start it up when they want to they'll control what you see pretty much it's going to be like russia or North Korea. It's gonna be you're gonna you're only gonna be see on TV what they want you to see. You're only gonna see on social media what they want you to see. Um, that's why that's the that's the that's the, the, the huge con of the government purchasing Twitter. I because they're gonna be completely able to control everything. Everything. Now, I mean what do you think about Trump forcing China to sell TikTok? You think that's going to go through him? No, know. he says they're not giving an extension and they're not selling. They're going to end up shutting the platform. Now, let me ask you, because I looked in it differently. Why would he want to shut TikTok down or buy it? Um, I, Is it because China's handling the data? Well, China is handling the data, for one, but also there's been a lot of memes and TikToks about president trump on tiktok you don't think yeah but that? tiktok was also exploited to mess up his uh his little rally before right like i, I know said, he has some uh, he has some beef is, with that's, that. why he, that's why he's purchased the shutdown or the purchase he wants but, to use no, no, i mean one of the biggest the things there are some security around. threats for tiktok particularly because of the data and the back doors of china and, and things like that so i could see from that angle why it would be better in, in U.S. hands because, for one, we could tweak the code. But I'm, I'm sure that if it were possessed by the American government, they would still leave that back door in that China has in like most of their applications. But, but I'm saying, so you don't think they can do they you, they? you think they want to do that with social media when they can do it with anything they want? Well, I mean, it's, I, most it's of already... our stuff. No, most of our stuff comes from China. Most yeah, of our stuff uh, comes from China and the United States is imported in. 
You don't think they could do something to get information that way if they really wanted to, instead of using a, a, an app? I mean, everything is possible. A lot of the um, why Yahweh, Huawei products aren't so yeah. popular is because yeah. there's a lot of hard-coded uh, backdoors into their products. But I mean... Um, oh, your Android phone. Hold on. Your Android phone has got a backdoor into your location now. Well, if you don't yeah, know about it, the, 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 it's called the COVID track. you got to turn it off. If you don't, the government can track exactly where you at. If you have been, if you had passed somebody with COVID, they can send people to your house to quarantine you. But they're still doing. It's the thing is, we it gives us a sense of comfort that we can turn I it mean, off. But it's like you can, can turn, turn it off. Can't, yeah, can't turn it off. <laughs> you, you just think you just think you can. But uh, you, no, if you think that there are they're going to allow the opportunity to not get this data simply by a little soft switch. It's very nice. I, well, I mean, I mean, most of your, I mean, most of your apps come from China, Japan. A lot of those countries, Korea, they're building your apps anyway. They can get them in any app. It's just not, it's not just TikTok. To be fair, there is a very stringent security because I had an app on the App Store on the Apple App I remember. Store. There are mad hoops to jump through security and whatnot to get it on there. So, Androids. Um, hold on, Cam. Just so you were able to get an app on, you were able to get an app on the store, correct? Yeah. So, not being funny, but you don't think anybody can build an app with a backdoor that can jump through those security hoops to do the same exact thing? Let me put it to you like this: Just because I had a soft link to PayPal, uh huh, my code got rejected. A soft link. A soft link. So I actually All had right. to change the code. Be like, okay, if the user clicks on this, it won't take them to to PayPal right, or right. anything. Like, it's they scrutinize the code, man. It's, it's a process to it. It takes like okay, not seventy two hours. It takes some time to uh, to get it up on there because your code is each. It's, it's it's they're very thorough. Like now, I can tell you about my experience with Google. It's like you can have bugs in it. It's not even working. Boom, it's on the Play Store. Like, anyone can get an app on the Google Play Store. Anyone can get an app on the Apple App Store. It's just much more hoops to jump through. Okay. I was going to say just overall, government pretty much has backdoors to all the telecom companies. Oh, yes. Definitely. They were built like that. They were built to be exploited. Yeah, I mean, Verizon and AT&T. Yeah. Like, backdoors to social media, like... I guess the thing I'm I'm always concerned about is social media's influence on policy. Mm. Mm. Now, That's what do you mean? What is your concern on, on that? Like, because well, I could see it for a good thing. Social media could Im- influence positive policy. But what well, is your concern? How could it go wrong? Say all the platforms push mandatory vaccinations. Yeah. Knowing the influence of social media, how integral it is in everybody's life. Like, I guess that would be an example of harm or something bad. You're um, saying they could they could essentially brainwash the people with uh, that idea. Social media. Right. Interesting. Um, I think another thing. My take on social media is I'm. I put it this way. I'm glad I grew up without it. Me too. I'm so grateful for that. And but I also see the destructive effects on 
women with social media and with uh, I would get zero through like 18. That demographic. Yeah. Because, how is it affecting women? Um, I've had a lot of discussions of women don't feel adequate naturally, how they look appear naturally or body image wise, self-esteem, stuff like that. Because of these comparison to these IG models. Absolutely. Yeah. And there is a warped perspective of beauty because of it. And a lot of people aren't taking into consideration all the filters and modifications right. is happening behind the scenes. And you're right. I think that's affecting the teens though as well. Absolutely. I we can use this to transition into this uh, show about cuties, but like, yeah, it's, it's affecting the kids because their perception of beauty is is being warped because of how they are seeing. Other I have people. a daughter that I'm dealing with the stuff right now through because of it. Like, she's about I'm about to shut down her TikTok and a lot of stuff, man, because it has a lot of influence on. Yeah kids and I'm dealing with stuff with my daughter right now that she don't think she's pretty. I mean, come on, my daughter's gorgeous. Like, yeah. I mean, so yo, just, check out that um documentary on Netflix called Social Dilemma. And Social Dilemma? Yeah. Hey, I can't, I can't check out the one on Netflix. What's up? I canceled my Netflix subscription. Oh. I was considering doing it, not, um, I just don't use it, like, Mm -hmm. no, I've been away at that it. documentary you put me on, Chris, but it's like I, I haven't found the time to get into it. Yeah, I understand. But I see you. Um, there's a lot of because of the movie. Because of what? Again? I actually canceled it because of that movie, Cuties. Oh, it's a movie? Yeah, Is the movie, movie Cuties. Okay. okay. I thought yeah, it was a, a series. Oh, a but, series. Okay. But so can you tell us a little I, bit about this, uh, about the movie and why it, it, it uh, inspired you to cancel your Netflix? Um, because it's promoting, if you watch the previews of it, if you watch, like, the actual previews of the series, the trailers for it. Yeah. Showing 12-year-old girls in booty shorts twerking and doing sexual acts to dance. And like, that's why, that's, that's cool. the clip My that I saw. And that's all I needed to see that it was like, yo, what the heck? And that's when I canceled our Netflix subscription. Not even gonna lie, I canceled it because okay. I have a 12-year-old daughter. And if she ever, she, no, my daughter does not act like that. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't want her acting like that either. I agree. Mm -hmm. So that's why I canceled my, I, no, that's just, that's so, promoting pedophilia. And do any of you know what the move, what the movie is actually about? Um, I'm, I'm going to Google it right now. Okay. Get, uh, the girl wants to become a dance star. She wants to be an internet twerker. Um, and I hate to say it's, is Cardi B influence basically because you know Cardi B was a YouTube dancer and then she got discovered and blew into a star so now that's what all these other girls want to do because the the Cardi B and Nicki Minaj the twerking and because mm -hmm. it's glamorized that's what the girls want to do and that's why my daughter doesn't watch none of that mm -hmm. I make my daughter listen to Lauren Hill okay Okay, so let me read this real quick. This is what they're saying the movie info is about. 11-year-old Amy lives with her mom, Miriam, a younger brother, awaiting her father to rejoin the family from Senegal. Amy is fascinated by a disobedient neighbor, Angela, free-spirited dance clique named Cuties, a group that stands 
in sharp contrast to the stoic Marian's deeply held traditional values. Undeterred by the girl's initial brutal dismissal and eager to escape her family's simmering dysfunction, Amy, though, in uh, ignited, ignited awareness of her yeah, femininity propels the group to enthusiastically embrace increasingly sensual dance routine, sparking the girls' hope to twerk their way to stardom at, hold on, there's more, at a local dance contest. Okay, yeah, I read enough. And, yeah, uh, so my daughter took ballet. My daughter took ballet. She didn't take twerking classes. My daughter took ballet. Uh, and to me, it's like maybe I've spent too much time in, in strip clubs and stuff like that. And I think that's appropriate there. Everything has its place. But, but not for a Among 12 year old girls, I, th- I think there's no place for that. But all the old school. I, I, I'm in agreement with you guys. I don't think they should put that prom programming on there um people are pretty outraged about it um it's it's a tricky thing because i think cam and i've talked about this a lot of corporate interests that we invest in like say nikes we buy they all do like unethical illegal shit so it's kind of like there's not too many ethical companies that we deal with in the general in general oh they're all godless soulless entities are, but, but I that I agree with they all are but like that's just something anybody can jump like my daughter can jump on Netflix and watch it you know what yeah. I mean my daughter doesn't know about the behind the scenes cutthroat shit that it caught cause I just went and she went shopping and got micro core shoes man them people that make them shoes dude there's some there's some harsh environment my daughter doesn't know that my daughter can jump on Netflix and watch this you know what I mean yeah I think, That's different. I I think, but pedophilia is very pervasive in, I would say, U.S. culture because we still have books on the laws that promote basically pedophilia in the sense that you can be 14 with parents' permission and get married and shit to little kids. Yeah, that's some weird stuff. So yeah, I don't promote none of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying America's pretty hypocritical, and then we came against countries abroad saying yo y'all need to change y'all shit but we haven't even changed our shit on the book right i mean they get mad because muslim has muslim men have more than one wife so what you're 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 sleeping with a 14 year old you know who's the you know what i mean at least they're grown and make their own decision i would and i would also challenge like twerking how i look at twerking now is Twerking's been around for centuries. This is not new. We might call it something. We might call yes. it twerking, but this twerking shit's came from Africa. It was the African dance style. Yeah, um, I do agree with you that you want to let your kids be kids as long as possible. And I think the challenge is what we just talked about: social media. These is. kids have access to all the shit that we had to find out through lived experience. They get this shit wow. instantly on their phone if you really think about it. Yo, I just thought about that in an instance. Like, yo, like, yeah, like you said, we are kind. Our generation is kind of pre-social media. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like we had to, like you said, we had to learn all these things. Uh, my generation was definitely pre-social wow. media. I um, hell, my first cell phone was a Motorola that the bottom flipped down, dude, and I was like 16 <laughs> then. Like, come on, I man, I was like. Yeah. I had a Nokia to play Snake on. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that one too. Yeah, yeah but my yeah, I remember I when great. the bag phone come out. I thought I was my man. I thought my dad was a shit because he had a cell phone in his truck. You remember yeah. the ones that stayed mounted in your truck and you had the yeah, antenna yeah. on top? Yo, I thought my dad was a shit because we had a we had a cell phone mounted in the car. You know what I mean? I thought. Yeah. And then when he got the bag phone, was the first portable cell phone. You took it out your car and carried it with you in a big ass bag. Like yeah, wow. I remember. Yo, that goes to show that there ain't no stop to this technology thing, man. Oh, no, it's not. There ain't no stop to it. It's just uh, you got Elon Musk over there. Shout out, I'm a fan, but yo, he want to put chips in people's brains and be like, nah. I can see the advantages to it, but then it's like now you have the machine inside of you. Yeah. Right. I, I would prefer to go to Tony Stark's route and build something like an exoskeleton and then you know control the machine that way, but not inside of me. Not a big fan. Did you um? I forgot the company in California. They're putting microchips into their employees' arms, so when they go to um, Adidas is doing that. Oh yeah. Did they? Adidas. I didn't know they did. I know a company that. did it. They put microchips in their arms, so when they, they go like to right the cafeteria, putting them like they right scan, Yeah, they can scan. They, they'll stick their hand on the scanner and that's how they pay for their food if from it comes directly out of their paycheck Yo, so they Chris, don't have to uh, carry cash to be to be real with you one of the main reasons i got out the, the the military was because of talk of those chips you know those digital dog tags and identification uh, tags like i don't want no microchips at me man and um that makes as, sense as you mentioned it is it's 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 near it's very near um I didn't even think about that on the way out. Really, I was so disenfranchised and uh, ate up, as we say. I wasn't. It was party pussy and get ready to get out. That was that was like <laughs> pretty much my program. My last like six months in. Oh, I feel you, man. Um, I guess another thing to talk about real quick is um, Minority Report. Since we're on this technology and ethics and human behavior. Okay. Um, you had this article. I'll pull it up real quick. Oh, is that the one with the sheriff that was yeah. using the algorithm? So a sheriff launched an algorithm to predict who might commit a crime. Dozens of people said they were harassed by deputies for no reason. So, oh, in Florida. How about that? So, yeah, yeah. That's why I seen that. I was like, yo, this, is, this might apply to Mr. CJ. Yeah, Tampa area. So sheriff's department. Actually... Actually a uh, real quick story, right before I got my last former job, I was being recruited by the Tampa Bay Sheriff's Department. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You and should say it again? I was being recruited by the police department in Tampa. The, uh, was it Hillsborough Sheriff's Department? I think that was the county. So I find it ironic reading this article. Like that was one place that wanted to recruit me. I was like this close to really considering it because I was going through like hard times but i was like nah i'm good um it's it's really scary you could have made a change applying this uh technology into law enforcement yeah particularly i know we talked about robot cops and and, and things yeah. of that nature but when you're talking about algorithms to predict crimes and like no that really gives me the chill it makes me very uncomfortable i yeah. i'll read a quick passage real quick um Please. According to the six-month investigation published by the Tampa Bay Times, the high-tech tool deployed by the, oh, okay, so it's Pasco Sheriff's Office. Not, I, I was recruited by Hill, Hillsborough, but anyway. Um, 
didn't lead to a reduction in violent crime. Instead, 21 families singled out by the algorithm said that they were routinely harassed by deputies, even when there is no evidence of a specific crime. So it's just another excuse to harass people? Absolutely. I'm curious what the criteria and the biases were based on. That's what I'm looking at now. Hold on. Um, Yeah, how did they come up with the algorithm? What did they use to... Like, that's crazy. You can't predict people's behavior. Like, I can't even predict my own behavior. Yeah, like, LA and Richmond, Virginia tried to do this, and they discontinued it because um, they call it predictive policing, which relies on crime data to predict future offenders. Civil rights groups have called the practice unconstitutional, and law enforcement researchers question its um, efficiency or efficacy, I guess, or accuracy. I guess that would be a synonym for that. I mean, has any, have anyone been, uh, have they caught any criminals doing Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to read through it real quick and see if anything. How do you charge somebody with a crime when you need the evidence that they did the crime in the first place? So no, how I'm, they I'm char- saying how like, say, uh, they, they engaged with some yet. people, like those deputies or whatever, they engaged with some people and during that encounter they found evidence of that crime and they were able to prosecute them but it even did. then it's like they approached them with no probable cause mm-hmm. you know, it's still weird but i'm saying so if that's looking for future crimes then like i said how you if you gotta have evidence to charge somebody i'm gonna arrest you because you might rob a bank so we're gonna charge you with you might rob a bank so how do you how do you charge somebody on something they haven't done yet? Oh, that's what I'm saying. If mm-hmm. if a officer made contact with someone, let's yeah, say this is supposed to predict this is supposed to predict crimes before it supposed to predict people are going to commit the crime before it happens. So how are you going to bring charges on this guy if he hasn't done a crime? If he hasn't done one at all? Yeah, and I get what you're saying, but I'm yeah. telling you, like if a cop when a cop makes contact with someone. From the minute that they say, hey, how you doing? They are analyzing and scrutinizing for every possible charge. Oh, yeah. So what I'm saying is if the contact they made, like if they, if any arrests or anything were came from that. Oh, not, you're saying so it could unveil a past crime? Not even a past crime. It's like, I'll give you a scenario. They use this little algorithm and they're saying, hey, this car or blah, blah, blah is most likely to be in possession of X, Y, and Z. And then they stop that individual. Somehow they get consent to search the vehicle and they find contraband. That's all I'm saying. But again, from a legal perspective, can that algorithm even permit the cop to stop the individual in the first place? You gotta have probable cause to stop a That's what I'm saying, and it yeah. seems like they're skipping that step, and it seems like technology I mean, is I mean, giving I got officers an uh, the, they're trying the to skip. Hold on, it seems like they're trying to skip probable cause by using technology, and mm-hmm. that is something we need to be weary of. Yeah, because we don't even got they, they don't use probable cause now. So what do you think they're gonna give with technology that gives them probable cause? You like the robot. So, I mean, they can good. make up probable cause, which is. Cam, I used, I use, I use, I use mine in your situation all the time as a example on 
racial profiling, oh, police, and whatever in, uh, you want to call Manchester it. Manchester County. Oh yeah, I went. I went and picked Cam up from BWI when he had just come back in. He was just coming home from. Um, were you? Were you? Are you in Italy? You were coming home before you went on your tour to Afghanistan. He uh, came home. I picked him up. Was it Iraq? And um, I picked him up from the airport. At the time, I was 25 years old. I drove a $60,000 car on 22-inch wheels. Okay. Um, I pulled into the rudders, pulled into the rudders to stop and get Cam a drink before we got to the house. Um, Cam and, um, who was it? He used to live down the street from, in North York. Um, was with I Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe was with us. So they hopped up out the car no sooner than they hopped up out the car, as I was pulling in, an officer was pulling out the parking lot. When Cam and Joe jumped out the car, mm. of course, them being African-American, the cop did a U-turn and come back and pulled behind my car. Then he ran my tag and says, oh, I got a warrant for your arrest. I had an unpaid parking ticket that I didn't know about. Um, and I asked him, why did you stop me? He goes, it was a routine tag run. But why was it a routine tag run when you were already in the, when you had already left the parking lot and you turn around and come back? Well, then he tells me, um, well, Dunkin' Donuts has been robbed a couple of times. I told him, do I look like I'm robbing Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> I said, is it because? Oh, uh, we lost him. He's on that. Uh, Yo, Trav, we lost you. If you can still hear us. Okay, he's back. Yo, Trav, we lost you for a minute. Oh, where'd you at? Uh, right where you said, like, does it look like I'm robbing the Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, yeah. He said that I asked him in the car, does it look like I'm robbing Dunkin' Donuts? Or is it because I'm 25 years old in a $60,000 car and two black guys just hopped up out my car at 11 o'clock at night? Mm. And he didn't know what to say then. And I mean, Cam <laughs> come and bailed me. I mean, Cam come and bailed me out of jail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, damn, I use bro. that example all the time, man. They racial profile around here all for no reason at all. For no reason at all and it's like um and what he what the officer didn't realize is camel's military police he actually held a, a higher rank than he did because you know military police hold higher rank over a civilian cop because he was still cool. active duty not, not really unless it's absolute martial law yeah uh, well, i mean are... he was kind of upset when he found out that you were military police he was a little scared well i was a scary looking guy <laughs> <laughs> Um, cooler now than I was. But dude, that's that's that that. So how that's not probable cause, but they found an issue. I got arrested. You know what I mean? But they made up a reason. And I, and, and and I think that's going to get worse. That's going to get worse when they have this technology right. thing. The robot like to do it. The robot, and that's what we got to be wary of that. And there needs to be legislation governing that too. I would say this is the I guess one benefit I could see from this program. More so, and I'm sure they do this now. I seen it in the one movie Peppermint. I don't know if you've seen it. What's that about? Gardner in it. Basically, a woman, her whole family got killed by like a cartel, mm -hmm. and she went and killed everybody that was involved in that case. <laughs> but while one part of it showed a big ass screen, and they were able to monitor problem areas in certain parts of the city or the town. To where, say, you would send a patrol over there because you know this is a hot spot for car thefts or something like that. 
I think that's a lot different than predictive shit like before somebody commits a crime because you're going off of data and trends something that's actually already happened before compared to predictive minority report shit so I I can see it for that reason but not what we were talking about did they ever bring up did you ever find the criteria what they set it for like what the criteria was I didn't really say I didn't want to get too deep in the weeds on it but it didn't really specify like the criteria yeah I didn't see that either again it's like it goes to show that people are are working on these things from sci-fi yeah. to bring it into a reality. Well, um, me, me and Kim, we've had that conversation before with the military and because, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't join the military, but I worked Department of Defense. I was a final inspector for the DOD. But okay. back in like 2008, 2009, you, Cam, you remember Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I was yeah. talking about before at the beginning. They had, um, and he was able to put on the invisible suit and stand next to a wall. Stop. Well, the military had those suits at those times that were made out of pieces of fragmented glass that yeah. if you stood on the middle of a field, it would reflect everything around you and couldn't see you. And then they have the the suits that, what, what the exoskeleton suits where one man can carry for 200 pounds in each arm for yeah. like two hours yeah. without getting tired and stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's shit of video games, man. We were playing those back in the early 90s before they started coming out with them. So I'm yeah. gonna ask you a philosophical question: Do video games inspire modern warfare, or do modern war does modern warfare inspire video games? Both. Yeah, yeah it's both. Like a little bit of both. Both. I think it's both because, um, like I said, they're making shit in video games, and they're actually making them in production. Like for you're the right. And stuff when like you, that. When it comes and to then, flying the drones too, they're using video game controllers. To fly yep. the they use a. I think they actually use like a an Xbox controller to yeah for the drone because the when I worked the DoD, I was in charge of the UGCS units, which was made by AAI, and they were the actual units to set up in the middle of the field that controlled the drones. You had four pilots in there. They controlled four. There were six people in. Four of them were pilots that controlled four different drones out of this one unit at one time. And then you had two other guys that kept an eye on the radar around those two drones. Mm. And then the other guy was assigned the other two drones to keep an eye on. So, dude, the technology they had, this was back in, dude, this was before 9 11 happened. Wow. So, I mean, the technology well, they, they had. They, way they had back drones, in, they had UAVs since like the 1960s. Yeah, because uh, so, um, they did, this, this, but they didn't this, have they didn't have the predators where they could actually um, zoom in on targets and they can actually do they can see if somebody has snot hanging out their nose from four miles above the earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that but, but even that, even that, like, they want to say like what 1997? They had the predator drones like at least with the demo like uh, in prototypes, but yeah, they yeah. had for for quite some time. But um, they are game changing in warfare, as uh, okay. it's making it more remote. But I think they're taking they take things from because you know if you play like um, Call of Duty, like they take your, your you take your basic military, your basic training that you guys did in the military. That's what you have to use when you're playing these video games. <laughs> but they make things Covering in these games. Yeah, <laughs> but they make things in the games that. 
that are not real and they're like oh that's a good idea maybe we can do this remember like way back in the day they used to use sonic sounds to in video games well now they got ships that, that can produce a sonic sound and destroy buildings off the coast wow i do believe that was kind of referenced in the bible as well with jericho where they're going around seven times and then he blew that trumpet and then the whole walls came down. They oh. said that was a uh, ultrasonic weapon too. Right. Yeah, man. It's, um, warfare is changing. I'm listening to this free book on Audible called The Future of Violence. And, you know, they go back for the basics, you know, swords, knives, guns, and stuff like that. And then they start talking about hackers. They start talking about how easy it is for private people not organizations to manufacture viruses. And this was written before COVID and it put a lot of stuff into perspective. But they're also talking about the bioengineering of mosquitoes and things of that nature. Like oh. warfare is human beings, they work effortlessly to develop new ways to destroy one another. Blows my mind. That's why if you read the Bible and you get to the end of relations, man is gonna be the downfall of man. We're gonna oh, yeah. cause our own downfall. It's not going to be an asteroid hitting the earth or some big earthquake that's going to, you know, destroy man. Man is going to destroy themselves and then the cycle, the world will start all over again. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, over like again. even if it's an uns and nuclear war, like what people fail to see is you can't destroy the planet. Like we can, can destroy, destroy that, everybody on we it. We can destroy the ecosystem that sustains life for yep. humans. Like they say cockroaches can survive a nuclear blast. So something will be around after uh, humans wipe themselves out. And, you know, life will give it a couple hundred years, a couple million years. Life will start anew, we could say. I was going to ask you, what do you think? I mean, I, I, what, what do you think about that? Because, like, we're in times of the humans now. An mm -hmm. asteroid destroyed the dinosaurs or whatever. Yep. What do you think before the well, dinosaurs? What do you think there was, was there humans here before then? Was there, what was here before the dinosaurs? You know what I mean? So it's like, you, you gotta remember like, some of the dinosaurs survived through the parakeet, who is the ancestor of the T-Rex. You know, mm -hmm. the alligator has been around since the time of the dinosaurs. But the- A horseshoe crab. Yeah, the horseshoe crab has been, been around since the dinosaurs. There's a couple but the more. question, um, we we see all this dogma, countless stories of like you know, dragons and, and you know snake gods across the world. So, could there have been a time where where, where humans and you know and these mythical beasts coexisted in one time period? It is a possibility. Um, but I don't know. We got. Got some quick hits. Um, I think, I think we'll go extinct at some point as humans. I don't know when, but I, I feel like we will. Unless, I, I think the only escape for that probably is Space Force, aka Star Trek. I, 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 I want to interject something else though. Where okay. I think we're inevitably headed. Like, yeah, I think there will become an end to humanity, but what will go on? Consciousness will continue to thrive, but humans are going to become more androids. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe yeah. I said that. They become more androids, like <laughs> yo, try. Remember what I was telling you about the whole uh, prosthetics and everything like that. Like the prosthetic yeah. game right now is for people who have had, you know, amputations and things of that nature. But a time may come or will come in the future where people will want prosthetics simply because 
like your biceps can only be so strong, but if you get prosthetics, you can be superhuman, be strong. And I think the, it's going to come to the point. I talked about 3D printing hearts and organs and things like that. That humans are going to shed their humanity, retain their consciousness, and then live longer. Like if you're some sort of plastic machine, global warming, all this other stuff, it's not going to affect you. You'll find a way to thrive. Right. But fortunately, yeah, the, the end of humanity seems to be near. So, um, basically some quick hits, because okay. we should be closing up in a few. So, um, Cam sent me this Trump tweet about, congratulations to JP Morgan and Chase for ordering everyone back to office September 21st. Well, always Ooh. be better than working from home. <laughs> so, you know, I had to troll Trump on that one. I'm like, okay. seriously, son? I'm like, you work from home from the White House. Like, how you gonna knock, uh, how you gonna knock working from home? But the thing is, while we're still collecting the data, we're we're still collecting data on this virus, right? Nothing has significantly changed from when we were working in the office to September 21st. If the job can be done remotely, permit it to be done remotely. I'm not against opening up things that cannot be done remotely so people can get back to work, implement some social distancing. But how are you going to have people go back into the office place, wear a freaking mask, sit in the cubicle all day, sneezing on one another, and you think you're going to get more productivity from that? Like You you do know that wearing a mask 24-7 causes health problems. It causes a ton of health problems. Oh, I could... More health problems than the virus. More health problems in the virus. Like you breathing it for one, it lowers your immune system because you build your immune system from the things around you. If you're breathing in your own air and your own germs, you're not building your immune system. You're lowering your immune system. And two, I, I don't quote me on the name of the disease. I have to pull it back up. Um, but there's something I forgot. You can develop some type of disease from breathing in your mask 24 hours all the time, like they're trying to make you do. There's another, um, it's a respiratory disease, and I forgot what it's called. I have to get you the name of it, though. But wearing your mask 24-7 like that is, um, is just, if you get COVID, you're you're cool in in 14 days, right? If your body can fight it, you're cool in 14 days, you're fine. The disease that's being caused by wearing your mask, you're not going to overcome. Like, you're just going to be with you for the rest of your life. And if you wear your mask and you don't build your immune system, so when you take your mask off, you're going to catch anything and everything that's out there because your body's not going to know how to fight it. And I can see that as a valid threat. And I'm starting to see that, too, just from when I go out wearing my mask, like the discomfort and and things of that. Um, we, me and Chris, we had to wear gas masks for quite some time. Real world, and um, I actually wore my gas mask in Iraq. Employed chemical weapons. But, um, they're, they're just using tear gas on detainee operations. But we still had to use gas. We still had done a gas mask. But, um, long time use of it, yeah, I could totally see some, some adverse health effects. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not and that makes And that brings back to my point at the beginning of the session. It makes big pharma. You got to make more meds to fill them people, man. Mm. Those people are going to get sick. You got to make more meds. I mean, like I said, I mean, there's no there's no money in well people. Do you think the pharmaceutical companies want people to get well? They're not going to make no money if they get well. 
That's why they're having such an issue legalizing marijuana because they know that cannabis, um, and not just the THC part of getting high, but microdosing and cannabis kills cancer cells. Mm. Um, even with the CBD, like just the cannabis plant itself helps kill cancer cells and stuff like that. But that's not what Big Pharma wants. Man. And it's like, it, it almost seems like at the end of the day, cancer is what kills everyone. There's so many forms of cancer, so many types of cancer. There is. And yeah. it's like, but you're, yep. you're, you're very right. There's that rumor. Well, not a rumor. Well, where do we get cancer joke. from? Where do but we get like cancer from? Because that... I mean, most of the people, most of your cancers that you, most of the cancers that you hear about, it's like the United States has most of these, like the cancers in places. You don't hear a lot of other countries with the problems, the health problems that we have. Because they um, outlaw a lot of the products that there are, there's like so much stuff, products that are illegal. They're illegal in America. But they're illegal in other countries yeah. because it's like they're if you, you can go to a pharmacy and then buy a bottle of shampoo and they'll say like according to california some chemicals in here may cause cancer yeah. what like i have to yeah. put this on my my lovely head of hair and you're telling me it, it can cause cancer so it's like it's do you trust your fda how can you trust your FDA when it's like they're just the FDA's ran by the government on the no. shelf, and it's like knowing these things? And it's, hey, it's well, just, well, you gotta look in. I mean, and things there's things in this country that are that are that are legal that are illegal in other countries. Say, yeah. do you, do you guys drink Fireball? Do you guys know Fireball? The, you the know, whiskey fireball. back on occasion. Yeah. yeah so um, I used to you like do know there's um. So Fireball, according to the United States FDA, has a an acceptable amount of antifreeze in it. Mm. Well, not not for Fireball nothing. has antifreeze. It has an acceptable amount of fire of antifreeze for U.S. standards. Now they made Fireball illegal in some countries overseas because of the antifreeze. But to be fair, a lot of wines have an acceptable that are coming from France have an acceptable amount of antifreeze. Have you seen The Simpsons back in the day? They did an episode on that where it was like half the bottle was antifreeze. Yeah. They made a parody yep. on that. And I didn't get yep. it as a kid. I'm like, why would anyone want to put antifreeze in wine? But now as I, as I age, I'm like, oh, I get it. It's like everyone's trying to cut corners and, and, right. and you know, make extra profit. Um, it's wild. Well, that, did not know that about Fireball. That kind of slides into Cam and I had this story about NYC using skyscrapers to have vertical farming, hydroponic farming. No doubt, that's what's up. But um, I think that's a good idea though, because I've talked to Cam before. I mean, probably years ago, we were talking about the guy. There's um, a couple of restaurants in New York City that grows all their own vegetables fresh up on the roof, and they yeah. use the hydroponics so they can grow vertically because. They don't have the land, but they can do it. And I think it's a great idea because you got all the sunlight in the world on top of the building. Definitely. And when Not they're like tall, blocked, I think that's you can a get great it from, idea. You can get it from when the sun's coming up in the east, when it's overhead, and then get it in the west. And yep. right now during COVID, they're saying a lot of these real uh, the real estate is cleaning out. It's a great yep. way to do it. You're lowering the carbon footprint because you don't have to drive all the produce. Miles and miles right. and miles. I say go for it. I'm on for it. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. New York, I think they've been doing that for a little while now. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think more places should do it. 
Yeah, it should be a nationwide program. I agree. Um, another Especially with restaurants, man. You're getting your fruit and your vegetables and stuff fresh. You already got to do is walk upstairs and grab it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, know how fresh, you don't know how long it's been sitting in the grocery store or how long it took to get to the grocery store. You don't know that. How long it was sitting in a warehouse before it got sent to that grocery store? So, Cam and I had the privilege of having Ice Cube shout us out on the program. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I saw yeah. that. I saw yeah. that. So, Biden, we know the Democrats, we've talked about this. What's their actual black American agenda um, <laughs> this year? Because black people are pretty enlightened now this year in the age of aquarius as we were talking about so basically ice cube this was the part i found interesting was ice cube was meeting with the biden campaign and also with the vice president kamala harris but not biden himself So I kind of looked at that a little different. I know he's busy, he's campaigning and all this, but I did kind of peek at that little little tidbit. So what do you think, though? What does that mean to you? I like the idea. So basically what it was called is a contract with Black America. Basically, um, I don't know how much Trav knows about it, but correcting all the ills that the U.S. government has done to Black Americans. like I follow it. Okay, got that, right? So the Biden campaign held, I guess, called the Black Man's Listening Party. And it has like Killer Mike, Jeezy, Snoop Dogg, D.L. Hughley, and others. Um, I'm curious to see what comes out of it. I am very skeptical. Um, I am optimistic, but skeptical because you need scholars on this. You need everyday people in those meetings, not just And I think not just celebrities. Yeah, I I think that's always the issue. It's like, yo, you don't have the everyday average person in there. You have celebrities, entertainers. They're in a different tax bracket than I am. Not saying they can't. They're in a different tax bracket, and by default, they are tools. Yes. Right. Right. And uh, tools that can be used accordingly. And it's it. It almost seems like I have my toolkit. All these celebrities and you know what they have their own base. Which like, celebrity it's can I like use? Down trip. You can push objectives through these individual uh, tools. Correct. So yeah, you you raise a very valid point with that. I'm curious. I mean, look at Trump and Kanye. Yeah. Let's, and... let's not even go there. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you want to take it there by all means. Like, there's so much that could be said. But well, it's, really? uh, it's a lot of uh, psychological things. People are being misled. I, my personal opinion, uh-huh. I don't think the Republicans or the Democrats give a fuck about Black America. They right now they want to use it as a political to get elected because they so, didn't give a fuck about it until election year starts coming up. So why change in the last couple of months? You know what I mean? Because election year, if you were wanting to do this shit, and you would have been doing it for years, like. Don't just start now. That's just the way. That's just my opinion. I think it's it's, it's political, and they're using race for uh-huh. for political purposes. Which is, we're not gonna get rid of racism in this country as long as we keep using it. Okay. They use it. They use it all the time. Mm-hmm. The cops use it. The government uses it mm-hmm. um, all the time. And it's not just with black people. It's with white people that associate with black people get put in that same category. Because I've been put in that category quite a bit. 
especially from Northern Regional. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I honestly think they could. They don't give a fuck about what's going on. They just want to get elected. I mean, if you really want to be real, like, yeah, I don't think they give a fuck about black people. I don't think they give a fuck about the American people when you look <laughs> yeah. from a grand Max. perspective. Absolutely. It's like, Chris, you, you mentioned how much Trump leveraged, how much his net worth grew during the presidency. Oh, yeah. I think, well, uh, now, they're saying, now they're trying to say now because the, bill, the, the billionaires during the COVID, they paid a lot of money. 800%. Their 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 profits went up eight hundred percent. Wow. Wow. So like during COVID. All right, we got Trump's breakdown from Forbes off of Twitter. Um, basically, his businesses raked in one point nine billion dollars of revenue his first three years of 1. office. One point nine billion. Yeah, revenue, and considering he's not taking a salary, which he did that for perception reasons. Yo, it's but, 400. I mean, it's $400,000 a year. What's that considered to the billions that he makes anyway? So, That's not. <laughs> so like basically, how, how humble, how I'm noble. Like, so what? He's so noble. Such so a nice basically guy. for him, it's commercial real estate, obviously golf courses and clubs, licensing, management, hotel businesses, asset sales, and other. That's the breakdown. So if you're not, if he's not allowed to make any money while he is president from his businesses and he's not taking a presidential salary, then how's Trump still got all this money? Man, he sold I am, some property. I'm curious how much he put in of his own money into his, his first election. Well, they said that he spent, they said that the first $7 million of his campaign of when he first got up for, when he first ran for office, the first seven million come out of his pocket, but yeah. we all know that it costs millions and millions and millions of dollars to run a campaign. That well, seven was, million was a drop in the bucket. Yeah, yeah, I was hearing it was damn near free because they didn't believe he's gonna get that far as a running joke. So yeah, that, that's what it was. He even said I didn't even expect to get elected. <laughs> wow. Um, Actually, he didn't get elected. We talked about this earlier. He didn't get elected. <laughs> Hillary got elected, but Trump won the presidency. That, Good way that, to put that. Electoral <laughs> college is so perplexing, man. It really uh, is. I can't I, wait to move to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at that. Um, Trav, how do you feel about college moving all online? Me and Cam been bringing this up all season two. Uh, about education basically going online anyway so it's gonna I think it's a, I think personally I think it's a horrible idea okay that's me personally because from experience my my daughter can't my daughter can't learn from a computer she needs structure she needs to be sitting in the classroom with a teacher you know what I mean and there's a lot of people out there that cannot learn on a computer they can't learn by that they need the structure to sit into a classroom so what you're doing is you're changing the future. They're not going to be pushed and to the potential that they, they can be on a computer. Um, when I was in college, we did we did all, all types of projects and stuff where you have to get together and do it as a person. It accounts for half your grade. Yeah. Like you building robots and building. Um, I took computer science. I got a degree in computer science. Okay. We had to build computers and program them and stuff like that. You can't do that online on a computer. I can't. Hey, Cam, 
can you help me build this like on Skype right now? Like if I asked you to help me redo this computer, Whoa. you know what I mean? That's so not- I gotta interject. Okay. Cause I do own a tech company and I have <laughs> sources that I manage around the world. And for the most part, we communicate on Skype. On WhatsApp now, we're using WhatsApp now, but we communicate on Skype, no phone calls, not even FaceTiming like this. Hey, this is what I need you to get done. And this is what's getting done. Well, like, hold on, how, well, how old are day you? Job too. My day hold job, on. Well, we're still well, how, doing remote. How, how old are you? I don't consider myself old, but, no, but I, I'm saying, I but am 30. You're, I am 30. About, I, I see what you're I talking about. I'm saying, how old are you? Like I said, I'm not old, but I'm 37. But, well, I'm older than you. I don't really don't think that, that is, age is a factor. We said this before no, about kids and the kids in social media and how powerful social media is. So what if education became more like social media? Just scroll through knowledge and information. Just keep scrolling through, through stuff until the, you learn. Then, then kids are going to pick and select what they want to read about. And the history is fucked up enough as it is. Bro, and they teach us the education books. system so it's gonna be is even worse. As it is. It's like we need to find a new way to teach our kids. Like no, I don't think the on, like I said, I don't think the online because you, you're able back to, to how things are, how things were. There are a couple people, a couple school systems are experimenting with that. Let's send our kids to school, and they're having their the the rethink their their schools opening. So they need to. Oh, they um. My girlfriend's son goes to school. Uh, West York is open. They he goes to school. They haven't had any cases, any spikes or anything in 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 COVID. Um, but no, but what I was saying is so. You're 37 years old. You're able now to run. You can run a tech company in the United States, say in China. You can you can do what you everything that you were saying you could do. You can do from what's up. What's that now? Yeah, um, more or less for my but, but you have that base down. You went to school and sat in the classroom and got that base down. You went to college. You did the military. You got that experience and that base down. If oh, you do they everything are virtual, you're not getting any experiences at they all. They are helpful. Like, no experience. That, that, that experience was helpful, but not required. Like, me personally, were I to revamp education, every kid would get a tablet, and a lot of training and instruction would come right on that. They well, did a pilot. True, Hold on. They did a pilot in Africa. In school they did a pilot in Africa. They gave all these kids, they didn't even incorporate any adults. They give all these kids tablets, and within a within a month, they found out how to hack the firmware and change the backgrounds on their own stuff, and they were learning on their own. I'll see if I can find the the, the, the resource for that. But kids are learning different ways. Oh, so the the last the last two months of the school year here mm -hmm. is when COVID, and they were doing online learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't have the patience to stay on my kid's ass every single day and sit there at the dining room table to make sure they do their work when they're supposed to. That's what teachers do. You know what I mean? Like parents can't, I can't do, I can't do the math that my kids are doing right now. That long, that math that they put in place is retarded. I don't but understand ultimately, it. Ultimately, you're, you're responsible it. for them doing it. And if you can't do it, you have to find the resources either from the school or what have you. Like, 
So what's the point of me paying school taxes and paying all these outrageous school taxes if you're going to be learning from home? Your taxes should go down significantly if you're not. But it's not going to because you got because you also have parents that work different shifts and they're not home during the daytime to stay okay. on their kids to do this types of stuff. Um, Bro, I was fortunate. I, I that hear I your grievances. I hear your grievances. But the truth of the matter is, if a Democrat wins in 2020 in this election, COVID's going to spike. Numbers are going to fluctuate. Economies are going to shut down. Kids are going to be homeschooling. So I hear your grievances, but we have to prepare for 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 that route and and, and find a way to to. I mean, my the kids have up, laptops. Make sure kids are doing their work. Or at so least make the them want to inspire them to do it. Like, when the kids are in school now, and instead of textbooks, they have laptops. That's what they use instead of textbooks. That, I can agree with. You're still in a school environment, you know what I mean? You have structure, because that's half the problem with kids these days. They have no structure. They have no home training. You know, that's the problem with a lot of things. They have no structure. Kids need structure. And if they're at home, that's no structure. They're going to do what they want. It also has, it also has been linked into privacy issues. If you guys have been reading up on the school boards, that's um, the two kids that one of them was the African-American kid, the other one was a white kid. They were mm -hmm. doing online schooling and because they had a gun hanging in their room in the background, um, the kid got expelled from online schooling because he brought a weapon to school. He was sitting <laughs> wow. at his desk in yeah. his bedroom. I That's the other problem. There's privacy issues with it also. So can I interject here? I'm going to interject here. So what, I, what I'm hearing, I'm, I'm kind of in between both of you guys. And Cam and I have been shooting this around like crazy. No pun intended. But <laughs> um, what I'm hearing from you, Trav, is basically you agree with a hybrid type of innovation with education. Yes. Where you are on site, but you are using technology, but you're not fully just relying on technology at home. To right. Do schooling. So let me ask you, because who makes technology? People, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's going to fail. Technology will fail. Do you know how many times my kids have had to not do, um, because Case and Kaya are, they're home, they're, right now they're at home school. They, they do the computers at home. Um, do you know how many times they've gone to log in and Skype is not working? I mean, not Skype, but um, um, Zoom is not working. The teachers didn't show up or the teacher's not working. You got a whole classroom of people and the teachers couldn't get their Zoom to work. So you, you wasted a whole day. The kids had nothing to do. Yo, like, but to be fair, this is like ad hoc. Throwing in this online school program with no preparation was rather ad hoc. There is no training for teachers or anything like that. But I'm telling you, if you seriously consider revamping the curriculum, adding training, technical support, and I wrote this all in the book before COVID, that yeah. teachers will have to become more technical. This is- I mean, see, I agree with, excuse me, with teachers being more technical, but I still, they, they, my daughter doesn't learn in a home environment. She needs structure and needs hands-on, and that's what the school provides. Are you willing to risk your health and safety? I, I mean, I guess we still need more data on this virus. Hold on. Are we, I mean, I really... Were you, Go ahead. I don't even want to say that because right now they're quarantined at home with their brother who has COVID. So, what I mean, how are you outweighing the risk? You go to school and catch it. They're sitting at home and caught it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have a, uh, you raise a pretty valid point. 
Like they're at home right now with COVID. Like they're at home right now doing schoolwork, and they're all they're quarantined because their older brother has COVID and he lives in the house. So they're still sick, but they're doing schoolwork. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I get what you're saying, and uh, yeah, that is a really uh, weird conundrum. But um, I don't know, bro. Like the world is changing, and we gotta be flexible. We all gotta be flexible and think of innovative ways on how to do the most. I think the United States is changing more than the world is changing. Oh, the world is changing very much. But you're right. The United States is is radically shifting politically, it's, socially, uh, shifting yeah. socially yeah, as well. But um, yo, what what else we got on um on our, our discussion board? I mean, we already run at what two hours and some change. Yeah, we two hours forty seven. Almost three, three hours. Almost yeah, three. We might, we might as well cut it here, man. <laughs> Be yeah, I mean, it was a great conversation, but you know, my my stomach's a little rumbling. I did not yeah. lunch. We we've been going pretty hard, so yeah, I, I feel we can put a button on it right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yo, everybody on in Facebook land, IG land. You know, watching us on YouTube, we truly appreciate it. Bro, Trav, truly honored, grateful to have you back on the show, man. You, you know, yeah, anytime, which anytime. is pleasant. Present, so it was a great bus. conversation. Yeah. But you already know, this is it, man. Episode 80, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Still going strong. Yo, you got some closing remarks, CJ? No, I, um, Trav, I appreciate you coming on in season one and two now. So I appreciate you, know, you guys having me, man. It's always fun, the conversations, man. Me and Cam um, have these conversations on the phone. It's cool to get them on the air so everybody can, you know, yeah, yeah, no weigh doubt. in, yeah. chime in, different opinions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, you know, Trav, to be honest, from white America, it's good to talk to you and to hear nuance and understanding that frustrates black America so much in this country, especially now. So I just want to shout you out on that, bro, for just even having your opinions, even if I might not agree or anything, you just had a basic human understanding of being dope to each other, like America, the concept of what America should be. And so right. I just, I just want to shout you out on that. I appreciate that, man. Thanks, so, well, I try, man. Like I said, I try to get along with everybody. We're all human. I can care what color you are, man. Yeah. Yo, what a lot of people fail to realize, the color only comes where you live at. Your pigmentation comes from how close you were to the equator. That's all it is. Yo, really do, and that's why I was like, um, I was I was ranting on this on um this Black Coalition group, and pretty much is they're talking about how we should identify, you know, Black people should identify as race, and I'm like, listen, like our ancestors did not view themselves as Black, you know, like that whole notion didn't come until right. European slave masters pushed right. that mantle onto onto you know pigmented people and it's like at the same time we cling to that notion of being black even though the there's you know there's black death black widow black plague black male and i could go on and on and on that's the point that white america wanted to do they associate your skin color with stuff to the bad you're right and i came to the conclusion because of that association that it is an elaborate mindfuck because yeah. even though, you know, in the, in the back of my mind, yeah, I'm black and I'm proud, still think about black death and black plague and everything bad right. associated with black. And it's like, when you're really thinking about historically, African kings and queens, they didn't say, I am black. They, they viewed themselves as children of earth. 
And at the end right. of the day, at the end of the day, that's what we all are, children of Earth. And I think if we can all start seeing each other like that, maybe these petty, pathetic problems will appear much smaller. You know, yeah. after that. But yo, that's my two cents. Everybody be out there, be nice to one another. You know what I'm saying? The, the millions ain't gonna come check us out until we we end this petty uh, <laughs> squabbling and all. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They ain't trying to come down here. There's too much drama. They be like, yo, they killing each other over skin color? Imagine if I come down here with three eyes and purple skin. <laughs> Lordy. But yeah, be nice to one another. Stay blessed. Be healthy. And you know, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Peace.